Blog Talk Radio. What's going on, folks? It's your boy, Long Beach Joe, and we are back at it, back at it, back at it again. You got the Jets now, you know, coming up on that bye week. This is an important week for us to rest up, you know, get some players back, hopefully. Uh, you know, hopefully we get Gerard Davis back into the fold. But we're going to be talking about what the New York Jets have looked like up until now, you know. A lot to discuss here. A lot of the things that the Jets are going on. We also got Marcus May, <laughs> Talking about wanting to be traded, we're going to discuss that as well. But listen, I'm the man of the people. I'm here for the people. Let me shamelessly promote my Facebook page. Everyone go on Facebook, search The Long Beach Joe Show. Like that page. My content's up there. Go ahead and give it a listen. Message me. I'll message you right back. I love going back and forth with folks about this football team. Also, leave me some feedback. I love hearing about what you folks think I do here on The Long Beach Joe Show. Listen, your boy is on iTunes as well, okay? Your boy's on iTunes. Long Beach Joe Show. Go ahead and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. All the cool kids are doing it. You should do it too. Also, when you subscribe, leave your boy some feedback as well. I want to thank everybody that does leave feedback. You know, I want to hear what, about what people think about what I'm doing here, talking about the New York Jets, talking about football, all the discussions that we have. I want to hear your feedback for it. So, uh, you know, please leave your boy some feedback. I'm, I'm also on Twitter as well at YoungJ000. Go ahead and follow me there. I'll follow you right back. We can go back and forth. I'm also the show's page as well is D Long Beach Joe at D Long Beach Joe on Twitter. Go ahead and follow that. You know, let's go back and forth. Let's talk about the Jets. I'm also live as well. For those of you that only listen to me on Blog Talk or listen to me through iTunes, I'm also live as well on YouTube. We live stream the show. We didn't upgrade it, baby. We way said we way up okay we upgraded over here we've been doing this you know your boy live streams the show you know so if you want to see this beautiful face along with this great voice and great takes go ahead and tune into the youtube all right youtube long beach joe jets long beach joe jets is the youtube go over to that page subscribe turn on your notifications give my videos a thumbs up all right you know we we game on that channel we watch the games together. We also do the live radio shows. If you are not subscribed to Long Beach Joe Jets, you're missing out. Don't be that. Don't, don't miss out. Come on in. You know what I'm saying? So Long Beach Joe Jets on YouTube, go ahead and subscribe. So we got a lot to speak about today. This Jets team, we're sitting here at the bye week now. Uh, we're one and four. We're looking at a situation and we're saying to ourselves, hey, you know, where can this team go? What are some of the things that we've seen in this team that's been positive what are some of the things that we've seen in this team that uh, we're very concerned about? So we're going to discuss that quite a bit. Salutes to all the savages in the chat. Salutes to Eddie to Jesus. Salutes to everybody that's stopping by. But before we get to that, I know everybody that's watching me live is saying, Joe, why are you wearing pink? Why do you have that pink shirt on? You look amazing in it. I wear pink because I support the fight against breast cancer. I also support breast cancer awareness, Okay. Also support breast cancer awareness. And let me tell you something. I have a big-time fundraiser again with the Susan G. Coleman Foundation. All right? You folks can go onto all of my social media platforms, look at my link tree. It's there. But I also like to discuss with people about the impact of breast cancer. You know, we also like to make sure that we, we put forward how serious it is. So tonight we're going to have a guest on, Mrs. Alina Clavel. She's going to come on and share her story dealing with breast cancer and let us know some of the impacts that it can have 
on people and families as well. So, Alina, I want to thank you for coming on tonight. How are you doing? I'm great. How are you doing, Joe? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. So first question I want to ask you is, how did you find out about the, your breast cancer diagnosis? Okay, well, in 2015, actually 2014, I felt a lump on on the side of my breast, so underneath my armpit um, on the side of my breast, and I opted to get a ultrasound, or I'm sorry, my primary care physician looked at it, sent me for ultrasound. Um, Once getting an ultrasound, I was looking at the image, and I questioned the radiation therapist. When I did that... um, he explained to me what he saw and why he thought it was not cancer. Um, but being who I am, I asked more questions, and what I saw was the opposite of what he saw, so I pressed for a biopsy. Um, and once finally he agreed to doing a biopsy after going back and forth a little bit, he uh, he did the biopsy, and a week later I was diagnosed with breast cancer. Wow. So what were some of the things that kept you upbeat at that time to keep you fighting through, you know, the treatments and everything? I think one of the main things was I was just um, blessed with a niece, um, and so she gave me that extra, like, fight. I, I just immediately wanted to see her grow, and I was so scared that the latter would happen. Um, you know, uh, we have great treatments for breast cancer, but with metastatic breast cancer, um, it's it's harder to come back from. So, you know, I was I wasn't I was more concerned on my treatment plan and everything like that. But I do know that I needed to keep a positive outlook on it and to keep myself upbeat and and moving forward so that I was in in the best nature for fighting. You know, this disease is already going to take a toll on my body, and I just needed to be more positive than anything. Um, and I have a great I have a great support system. I have family and friends that were there for me, and I wanted mm-hmm. to be a testimony to other people. Yeah, absolutely, and that's some of the things that we've heard from other uh, people that we've had come on as well and talk about how impactful, you know, having family there, having someone with you there to help, you know, share those tough times and times when you need to shoulder lean on to cry or just giving you that strength and support. And, again, I want to continue to just thank you for coming on and sharing your story. Now, my next question for you, Alina, is how important is early detection? I think early detection is very important. Um, Like I said, we have great treatments. Um, We have great treatment plans. We have great support for breast cancer. More people are becoming aware about it. But once you get to stage four, and although they can prolong your life, there's no cure for stage four. Um, And I think that being an advocate for yourself is huge. Um, And early detection, you know, it's about advocating also because the medical industry, they don't see, I think they're starting to see that it's becoming more prevalent in like younger people and people that don't have a family history. And at one point that's what we were used to is if you have the BRCA gene or family history for you to have it um, or an older, an older woman, you know, they expected possibility of it but now that it's hitting younger and younger I think it's so important to be an advocate for yourself you know how your body feels you know what's normal and what's not and I think in the importance of being able to tell like somebody else what you're feeling in your own body is is key and being an advocate for yourself and not giving up if you know that there's something wrong with your with within yourself 
explaining that and just getting more answers by asking questions and and getting second opinions. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And I mean, you're really, again, bringing it, Alina, you're really telling us, you know, how it is. And again, I want to thank you for sharing your story. Now, my next question for you is, what are some positive words that you can give to people that are dealing with this situation right now? I think some positive words would be to live, live in the moment um, and, and truly experience everything that you're going through. I think it, it's tough to be an advocate sometimes, but I think that for me at least um, I get joy from being able to help other people and being a testament. Um, I know that I can help the next person if they have questions I may not have all the answers, but I'm going to help you look for the answers. So I think just knowing that, you know, we are put in this position to help the next person um, is not necessarily a positive word, but I think the feeling behind it is is really positive, and it can be a positive impact on yourself as well as another person. Yeah, absolutely. Listen, Alina, it has been phenomenal to speak with you tonight. Can you please give our audience some things that you have coming up? I know you have some uh, things going on with uh, some breast cancer charities as well, some events that you're doing. Also, can you share some social media as well with them? So in case they're going through this situation, maybe they can get in contact with you as well. Sure. Um, The the main social media site that I use is Instagram. Um, My name is Alina Clavel, but on my Instagram, it's A for my first name, Clavel, C-L-A, V-E-L-85. I'm very responsive on there. Um, I've talked to actually many young women whose either family is going through it or they've been diagnosed themselves. Um, We've had little conversations. We support one another. Um, I'm also a part of the Southern California Breast Cancer Group called the SoCal Breasties. Shout out to them. We're a community of young breast cancer women. And if there's no age discrimination at all, we just happen to all be really young. Um, and we kind of, it's, it's such a great community because we understand what we're going through, um, with treatments, with hormone therapy, and it, it's hard to talk to someone that hasn't gone through it. So we're very supportive of one another. There's different chapters within the breasties. Um, and I do have a Facebook. I don't really respond much on Facebook. So I think the best that would be on Instagram, aclavel 85 or now I have a TikTok. I haven't done much on it, but we'll get there. Um, and then I do have an event coming tomorrow uh, through the Susan G. Komen Circle of Promise. We are doing four under 40, so four of us that were diagnosed under 40 years old, and we will be speaking tomorrow at Lamar Park in um, Los Angeles. That will begin at 2.30. There is um, open invitation and there's a, a free admission. So if anyone's looking forward to learning a little bit more or hearing somebody speak on a panel, um, you're welcome to join us. And I think that's all I can think of as at the moment. But, yeah, just reach out to me yeah. in case you have any questions or anything. No, absolutely. Listen, Alina, it has been phenomenal speaking with you again I want to thank you for coming on and just continuing to share your story of how courageous you were. A lot of people, uh, you know, we've had a man on as well that has breast cancer. A lot of people don't understand that this is real. 
You know, this is something that definitely right. affects a lot of people out there. And you coming on sharing your story of courageousness really, really is a bright spot for me and my audience as well. Thank you. And can I say one Absolutely. more thing? Um, with Breast Cancer Awareness Month, um, we are so grateful to see all the support with Pink, and you just know that everyone's fighting with us. But and if if you want to give back, give back to companies that are going to um, donate 100% proceeds to breast cancer uh, research, please, because. Sometimes it is a marketing tool, and I think there's research um, companies, or not companies, I'm sorry, like foundations such as Metaviver who are uh, putting the money forth for, like, stage 4 uh, breast cancer patients. So um, that's, it's, it's a good use to, to donate to those um, foundations. Yes. And also hold these well, corporate companies accountable. <laughs> absolutely, yes, absolutely. I definitely hear that. Well, Alina, I want to thank you for coming on again, sharing your story. You have yourself a good night, all right? Thank you, you too, Joe. All right, you have a good one. Listen, that was Miss Alina Clavel coming on, speaking to us about breast cancer and the seriousness of it, the awareness uh, we're continuing to spread. Again, I'm wearing pink because I'm all about fighting against breast cancer. I'm also about spreading breast cancer awareness. For those of you that are watching, exclamation point Coleman in the chat, brings up a fundraiser that I have started with the Susie G. Coleman Foundation, trying to raise about $250. I know it's a small amount, but, you know, we're doing what we can to try to help, you know, fight against breast cancer and, again, spread breast cancer awareness. So for those of you, you know, that are watching or listening or anything like that, as well, if you'd like to give a dollar, $2, anything that you can give is greatly appreciated. Please hit that link. Uh, donate the money if you can. Again, all of that money, all of it, goes directly to the Susie G. Coleman Foundation. It goes directly to funding, again, the fight against breast cancer and continuing to bring breast cancer awareness and also breast cancer research, too. Um, so it all goes to fund that. That, you know, goes straight to them, and I'll just continue to support them as well. So, again, I want to, you know, thank Alina for coming on and, and everybody, you know, with the Susie G. Coleman Foundation as well because we're working the fight. I'm fighting it. You know, it's touched my family. I'm sure it's touched a lot of other people's families as well. So so now, with that said and done, we're going to move on, and we're going to talk about some Jets. We're definitely going to talk about some Jets, man. But before we get to talk about the Jets, I need to talk about GM sending in the big, 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 big donation. I said GM sent sent in the big, 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 big donation. GM says, you know I'm here. Look, if Marcus May don't want to be here, get him out of here. Free Mims, it's time for him to play and blow up. GM, letting the words be spoken. GM talking that talk, salute to GM. I want to thank him again for, uh, I want to thank GM again for uh, donating to the platform. It's greatly appreciated. Look, we're going to talk about that. You know, and I know I got quite a bit of callers. I'll get to the lines in just a second. I really just want to talk about the Marcus May situation before we start talking about the team. GM, you know, brought that up as well. And, again, salute to all the savages in the chat, Eddie DeJesus, NYJetsFL, all my guys. Listen here, man. The situation with Marcus May is just continuing to ramp up. Again, we know that the trade deadline is coming up on uh, November 2nd, and he's pretty much said that he's, you know, willing to – he wants to be traded to a contender. He's a guy that's looking to move forward 
kind of get away from the Jets. As we all know, Marcus May was franchised this past offseason. We were hoping we would be able to get a deal done with him, but uh, <laughs> it wasn't able to get done. They ended up franchising him. He's making about $10.6 million, and the second they franchised him, things just spiraled. You know, it's been up with his agent. <laughs> his agent has been on social media going crazy constantly. Uh, you know, he definitely came out and said some things about the franchise as well. His agent immediately attacked, you know, Joe Douglas and the Jets, talking about how they don't you know, keep their players and they don't want to they don't want to reward a team leader and all these things, you know, we constantly heard, right? Well then Marcus May ends up, you know, signing. He's playing this season. Then he hurts his ankle a couple weeks ago. You know, pops up on the on the uh on the injury list, and then all of a sudden his agent comes out and says, Don't worry. He tweets this. Don't worry. Marcus May will be fine right before the trade deadline. He'll be back healthy right before the trade deadline. And everybody goes, uh, (laughs) why would you tweet something like that? Why would you tweet that Marcus May would be fine right before the trade deadline? Kind of made people wonder, hmm, what's going on here, right? So as far as everybody was concerned, they said, okay, well, look, Maybe we do need to move on from Marcus May, but there's a couple things, right, that has has brewed, has transpired since then that is, I think is going to hinder us a little bit in us trying to move on from him. One of the major things being that, hey, all of a sudden, maybe a week or two weeks ago, we get hit with Marcus May's involved in DUI arrest, okay? He, st- he still has D- DUI charges, you know, swirling around his head, again, he had a Zoom meeting, a Zoom court meeting that was supposed to come up. It's been pushed back a little bit. So, again, we'll see what happens from that. But, you know, he was flying down uh, in Florida, actually had an accident as well uh, with the Volvo. The owner of the Volvo is also still looking to, you know, possibly go after him as well in court. Uh, he may face a civil, you know, situation from that. But with those DUI, you know, things uh, swirling around his head, because, again, the police did see him. They caught him in there. And he reeked of alcohol. He also had throw up on him, all kinds of things, right? So with that swirling around head, you want to start to wonder, how much can you actually get from Marcus May at this point? Because that brings up a question of character, right? Because one, he got a DUI. Does that, you know, that in my brain absolutely lower his value. And then two, supposedly, again, the reports are still flying around out there, supposedly, the, it wasn't reported to the Jets, and it also wasn't reported to the NFL because even the Jets beat writers didn't know. Even the Jets beat writers knew nothing up until, you know, a little time ago, a, couple, you know, a week, a couple of days ago. Nothing. So you start to wonder if you're a team that's looking to make a move for Marcus May or if you were a team that was looking to make a move for Marcus May, can you trust this guy? One, can you trust to give him money? Because, again, when you do trade for him, you're going to have to give up capital, and then you're also going to have to give him an extension, right? Can you trust this guy with money? Can you trust that when you bring this guy in the building that he won't go out and make another bonehead decision? Now, again, Marcus May up until this point hasn't had, you know, a lot of issues off the field, but when you get into situations like this, these are the questions that come about from other teams, especially teams that are looking to get you. Then you also got a question as well. With it, you know, being up in the air, whether it was reported to the Jets properly or not, or reported to the NFL or not, then also if you're opposing team that's looking to move for him, you also got to think, if he does get into these situations, are we going to know before anybody else does? 
Is he going to come to us and keep it real with us the same way we would keep it real with him? Those are big-time questions. There's a, there's a lot of, you know, hits that you take in the trust factor there. So we're going to be discussing that tonight. You know, I know that there's, there's different teams that are supposedly in the talks. The Rams are, you know, supposedly floating around there as a, as a team that's in the discussion to be looking to make a move for them. Also, the Bucks, that team has been mentioned. But let me tell you something. I trust Joe Douglas in this situation because I've seen Joe Douglas be able to make moves that compensate well for the New York Jets. Getting rid of, getting rid of uh, Jamal Adams for two first-round picks and a, a couple of chains, I love that move all day long. And there was no way in the world that you would have been able to tell me that we would have gotten two first-round picks for that overrated box safety. That guy was a car <laughs> Ooh, remember that situation. He traded him when it was at its worst. Jamal Adams was going crazy. He was telling people he didn't want to be a Jet. He would, you know, he was looking to go to the Cowboys. It was all kinds of things going on around here. He he was he came out, did a, a interview with Manish Mehta. I mean, he did it all. It was completely crazy, and he ended up getting rid of that guy, getting two first rounders, and getting some more picks. Then you also got to look at him making a trade, Chris Herndon for a fourth. Wow. Chris Herndon had did nothing here. And honestly, you look at, you know, with the Vikings, he's done nothing there either. But I tell you what, he got a fourth rounder for Herndon who had done nothing here at all. What a move. I've seen JD make solid moves. I'm talking solid moves. So we're looking to see what happens again. Maybe that trade may happen while I'm live here, but that's definitely, you know, up. So we're going to be talking about that tonight. Again, 515-602-9639. 515-602-9639 is the number. Call in. We are taking all callers as well. If you're watching, please give the stream a thumbs up and share the stream, okay? You know, it's always greatly appreciated. I love, you know, running into people to say, hey, you know, this person brought me to the stream. This person did that, you know. Please share the stream if you can with your friends or family across your social media, all those things. We're about to get to the lines. Again, 515 Six zero two nine six three nine is the number. Call in. We're taking all callers. The lines are hot, so just please be patient. We will get to everybody. So tonight, the first caller is going to be Monty's on the line, and I know Monty is talking that talk, and we're going to get straight to him. We're going to get straight to him, Monty. Oh yeah. Salutes. I want to call it in. Am tonight. I on here? Can you hear uh, me? Yeah, you're on here. You're on. Yes, I can okay. hear you. You want to know okay. why? Okay. Okay. Because you want to know why I can hear you, Monty? I can hear you because my why? computer. Man, man, man. Hey, Joe, Joe. Top dollar. Top dollar for good security. You're not going to get away like you used to in the past, my man. You're not, you're not supposed to buy anybody, <laughs> all right? Nobody. Hey, Joe. So. Yo, first yeah. off, man, I just want to, I, I just want to thank you, man. I want to thank you for uh, having Elena uh, on the uh, on the podcast, man. It's, uh, I mean, I know we talk Jets, man, but it's really good to bring some real life perspective into this world, man. I'm, uh, I'm actually uh, going through, uh, um, my aunt is actually going through uh, breast cancer treatment right now. And, uh, you know, it, it, you know, she's good. She's, you know, diagnosis is good. You know, everything is good. Not, it's like, uh, I'm, and I know a couple, a couple other people who are, who are, uh, going through it as well. So it's really good for you to, uh, it's really good to 
to to see that you you know just bringing some real life perspective to the podcast, man. And uh, it was good hearing from Elena and giving her perspective with everything. So I just want to just thank Absolutely. you for having her on the podcast. But the, thank you, thank you. That's what I do it for. You know, uh, you know, like you said, we talk Jets on here. We have a lot of fun. I really enjoy going back and forth with folks. But you know, we need to we need to to keep in mind that there's some real things going on around here, and anything that I can do to support that as well. You know, the fight against breast cancer has touched my family as well. I will do. I absolutely will do. And again, Facts. my thoughts Facts. are with your family as well going through that situation. I hope everything works out completely fine for you. So, yeah. Thank absolutely. you, sir. I, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Hey, but, uh, you know, I want to get, get I want to get right into it, man. I've been, I've been waiting. Marcus. I've been waiting to talk to you, man. I've been waiting ever since this Marcus May <laughs> stuff happened. I've been I've been waiting for you, Mister. Oh yeah, Marcus May. He's a he's a great leader. He's way better than Jamal. Yeah. This, that, and the third. He is. He's yeah. not. He's not. Yeah. He's not. He's okay. not. What, okay. what, what, so so what? Let me ask you. You think he's gonna you're gonna get two first round picks for uh, Marcus May, sir? Probably not. Uh, Where's his accolades? No, I, I Where's his accolades? Okay. Where are they? Okay. Well, he has hold, none. Hold on. Hold on. Let, let's wait a second. Okay, first off, you know, again, I want to welcome you to the show. I already see you're coming on with quite a bit of fire. I'll, I'll extinguish that. Oh, in yeah. A second. Here's the deal. Definitely. Here's the deal. All right. You look at the situation with Marcus May, right? Marcus May is at a position where, okay, he wanted a new contract. We, you know, the numbers were far apart. He wants to be gone. Mm-hmm. I'm a guy, you know, I, I'm going to keep it real. If Marcus May wants to move on, the Jets have tried everything they can. I'm ready for the Jets to move on from Marcus May as well. I don't want to hold a guy here. I don't want any distractions. I don't want this guy here if he does not want to be a part of this team and what we're doing, where we're trying to build. Now, do Who I wants to be a part of the losing culture, Joe? What? One second. Who wants to be a part of a losing culture? One second. One second. Okay. Oh, okay. Well, you know, okay. It, okay. It, 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 Go we're ahead. rebuilding. We're rebuilding. Okay. Well, hold on a second. You asked. Okay. Now, do I think we'll get two first-rounders for him? No. I didn't think we would get two first-rounders for Jamal Adams. But am I willing to take – a second rounder, am I willing to take some other change as well, maybe a player back in, ex- in exchange? Absolutely. That's what I'm willing to take. I think we can get a second rounder, especially with these DUI things swirling around his head, right? I think we hmm. could have possibly have gotten troublemaker a first too, huh? round before. Not a troublemaker, but a guy, you know, that has a DUI arrest, right? And we're hmm. seeing what's going to Wow, that. wow. That's, all that's of, the guy that you go on With all of that swirling over his head, I absolutely think that that is going to tank his value. Now, I'm going to give you the floor because I'm going to ask you, if we do trade Marcus May, what do you think that we'll get? You know, what is, what is the most that you think we'll get? And what is the least that you think that we'll be able to get for Marcus May? Uh, I think the, the, the most we'll be able to get for Marcus May uh, is probably maybe a fourth or a fifth round pick. You have to think about it. It's, you know, it's midseason. <laughs> So unless somebody, act, you know, they're desperate for the for the position, I don't think anybody's really gonna really gonna trade, you know, a second round pick or a first round pick for Marcus May, especially since he's coming off injury himself and he he's a uh, you know he's uh, he's pretty much always injured. Um, but I, I think what? also you have, how how what? is he always always injured, Monty? What what facts he's do you always have to back that I up? I mean, Monty? Joe Joe, so what? he's not gonna act like he doesn't have knickknack injuries like all the time. Listen, he played the first. He missed year, the whole right? season. He, first, he missed the whole season. He missed he missed one half of a season. He missed one half of a season, Monty. Outside of that, he's been healthy since he's been here. Outside of this mm-hmm. ankle injury he just had. Outside of that, he was injured. He was he was okay. nag- He had nagging injuries last year too. 
But anyways, anyways, with, I think and he played with the okay, Monty. Okay, that's and that's fair. That's fair. So I need that's, As yeah, a matter of fact, if you go back to last year, Monty, if you go back to last year, he was actually one of the best Jets on the team. He was actually voted team. So, so team what does captain. that mean? Being MVP one of the well. best Jets players, what does that so, what does that get you? What does that what does that get you? Well, does that get you a, a Pro Bowl or something? It shows you that he was a great player, Monty. Was he not? Did he not play that, well for us last year? Well, that's year? not saying yes, much. Yes, What was our record? Oh my God. What was our record? Being the best player on a on a bad team doesn't mean anything. That just means you're you're just the best player on the, on a bad team. That doesn't mean like if you were to go to San Francisco, you would be a be the best player. Or if you were to go, talk- if you were to go and play, yes. Monty, what are you talking about? This guy con- continuously has shown you his ability. He was the best safety. He's been the best safety on his team since he got drafted. What are you talking about? Oh, I'm. So, what oh, are you talking oh, about? Oh, has he? Because when Jamal, Adams, when, when Jamal Adams, when Jamal Adams, when Jamal Adams was on, on the on the team, he had two uh-huh. All Pro, All Pro years. I've never seen Marcus mm-hmm. May have anything close to All Pro. But that's just oh, me. Well, that's just me. Can I ask you a question? Can I ask you a question? Yes. So again, yes. and I know this. You know what this is? This is a troll because. You love Jamal Adams. That's what it's really about. And you've always been wanting to dig and dig at Marcus May because everybody said, look, Marcus May is a guy that we can, we can move on with. Forget Jamal. Let's move on from him. You've been bitter ever since we got rid of Jamal. Well, here's the deal. I'm just what saying, is Jamal no, doing no, no, Seattle? no. I just what wanted that Jamal same energy. I just wanted that what same energy that you Seattle? gave Jamal. I just what wanted that Jamal same energy Seattle? that you gave Jamal, Joe. That you gave Jamal, Jamal doing oh, he's a bad teammate this. He's a bad teammate he that. He was. Man, he he, he, was. he what he wasn't he wasn't J Joe Douglas is just a bad GM. That's what it comes what? boils down to. Jamal Adams was willing willing to be a Jet for life, but the fact that JD never committed to Jamal after he said that he would, Monty. Jamal was just like that, to hell with Monty. this. I'm not, Jamal I'm not, literally I'm not playing on this bad team. Cowboys You're not committing fan. to me. He literally told a random Cowboys fan that he was trying to be a Cowboy. He literally yeah. took a you know what I would have met one of the most hated guys in Jets media. He did a full blown interview with them and said and completely bashed the absolutely that the crap out of the Jets. What are you talking about being a that, good it, teammate? What are you? How many people it. came out? How many people it, came out after we had Jamal Adam Gaze was gone? As a head coach. How many? That was Adam how Gaze. Many people, how many people came out after Jamal was gone and said, man, I wish you would have kept Jamal? How many players came out and said that? Nobody did. Man, Nobody. everybody loved as Jamal as a matter of fact, As a matter of fact, he got into it with Le'Veon Bell as he was going out the door. And Le'Veon Bell even called him out. So how great of a yeah. teammate was he really? Let's yeah, be because, because Jamal, okay? Jamal, Jamal, Jamal being the ultimate. And, and, when I keep, and I keep asking you, Monty, what has Jamal done in Seattle? What is he, he doing there? Because he's so he great. What is he, he, he hasn't, hasn't done, done nothing. You want to know he why? He because he is what I told why? you. He is what I told you he was, Monty. He's an overrated box it? safety that can't cover a bed with a bed sheet. And unless you it unless does you not, see it him does as a quarterback, it yes, does not he, matter. He, he, he was up an he outside was still linebacker. A he was still a baller. He was, he was still balling for the Jets. He's an outside linebacker that can't figure out how to cover. And that's fine. He's one that's of the weaknesses like, of the Seahawks defense. What's, 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 what's wrong with being a hybrid, a hybrid linebacker? Because he's not a hybrid. He can't cover. He's a safety, Monty. He's a safety. While you called in here and you used to scream, we used to go back and forth, and you would talk to me about sacks, sacks. He's getting so many sacks. I said, well, does he play defensive end? No. 
He's a safety. He's still, he's still affecting skills? the game, Joe. Where's your coverage I don't care. Skills? I don't care what your position. Can you can you affect the game? Is a sack? Did he have more sacks than than uh, Seattle has who, one of on the worst defense? defenses in the league? How is he affecting? He the game had there, more man? sack more sacks than uh, Franklin Myers. He had more oh, sacks than Lord. Franklin Myers. Yeah, a guy that we just gave eleven mil to. Monty. So I'm just he's saying, AD. I'm just uh, this is this is just this is just how bad. This is just how bad the the, the, the the team is. Joe Douglas just needs to go. I'm tired of him. Anything, anything, what? anybody that was good on the team, anything that was good on the team, Joe Douglas does not want to pay. He's proven it. Sam Darnold, we got Jamal Adams, we got Marcus May, we got Robbie Anderson, we got Leonard Williams. We have all these guys who, who, were, who can produce. And Joe Douglas says, you know what, I don't want to pay you. I'm just going to get rid of you. And give you and, and get draft picks for you and draft nothing. I'm gonna draft Zaniga. I'm gonna draft. I'm gonna draft uh, uh, Ashton Davis, who hasn't done anything. Let me draft all these uh-huh. all these below average below average players with all this with all these picks. I'm getting back. He's a fraud, Joe. How can you not see oh that my. this guy <laughs> is trash? How can you not see it? Okay, Joe, let me ask you this. Let me, can I ask you this, Joe? Name all the best Monty, players that are on the Jets right crazy. now. You are crazy. You are crazy. Name them, Joe. Name all the best crazy. players on the Jets. Makai Becton is a good player. We're start, but again, Monty, hold on. Before you say those things, I think you need to realize that we're also a very young team, right? We're building. And that's what we needed to do. All those guys you're talking about we got rid of, we've been able to move on from and we brought in talent. If you look at this team, right, you look at this New York oh, Jets team, talent. it has talent on it. But, it, yes, it does. Corey Davis is talented, right? Jamison Crowder is talented. Again, I just talked about Makai Becton. Elijah Vera Tucker is talented. When you go to the defensive side of the ball, Carl Lawson was supposed to be here. He did rupture. He ruptured his Achilles. I know you're laughing at Carl Lawson. You're laughing because you're, you're the crazy one, Monty. Carl Lawson is a guy that Joe Douglas also grabbed in. He's here. He's talented. When he comes back, we're going to be right. John Franklin Myers showing up, right? We've got Bryce, Bryce Huff showing up, Sheldon Rankin. We've got guys that are bringing – Hey, hey, Bryce Hall. Bryce Hall is a guy. Like, I, I, I like Bryce Hall. I, I like Bryce okay, Hall. Bryce Hall is the only Bryce spot that I see. Who drafted Bryce Hall? Joe, Joe, hey, hey, I give him credit for Bryce Hall. Bryce Hall is the only talent I see on the on the defense, man. As far as young players, as far as young players, Joe, as far as young Joe, players Joe that were drafted, he's the only talented player. Are you serious? You don't think Michael Carter is talented? You don't think Elijah Vera Tucker is talented? What are you talking about? Uh, they're, but they're, they're unproven. What are you they're talking about? They're, they're unproven. So Makai Beck is not talented. I mean, like, he hasn't, oh, done, I mean, he hasn't wow. really done anything. He hasn't done okay, anything. Right. Like, they, they, none of these players okay. have done anything significant. Like, nothing. They're just guys. They're holding down the fort for, for a, a, a possible 2-15 and, uh, and 15 team. Like, that's it. There, I, I, there's, so on the offense, the only good talented guy that I really see that I think that we have is is uh, Zach Wilson. That that is it. That is the only blue chip prospect that I see on this team. The other the other guys. And so Douglas I mean, drafted him as well. Yes, he did. Everything he did. You literally contradict your points by all these guys that you're mentioning. Joe Douglas drafted him. You think he's a blue chip talent? Joe Douglas drafted him. All these oh, other guys, I'm sorry. So how many so how many draft picks do we have? How 
how many draft picks did I, we I have, do not, Joe? We had like a billion draft picks, man. So I, I should see more talent on the team. I just gave you two guys right. out of the out of the out of the the the, the um twenty four draft picks that we have. So you mean to tell me we only have two? Monty, we have more than two. I just think you want to dump on guys. There's guys again that have shown flashes. Nezru Dean, I thought played well. We saw other guys as well. Sherwood, I thought, played well. Some of those guys got nicked up. They went down. But when they come back, we're going to continue to see that these guys are talented. We have very talented. We have some young, I talented hope so. players on. I hope but so. We're continuing I hope so. To build, man. We're continuing to build, man. Yeah. Well, Monty, yeah. Listen, I mean, I got to get, I gotta I, get I, back I hope to so. these ones. Go yeah, ahead, I got to get back go, to go, these Go ahead, y'all. It was, it was good through, talking to you, listen, man. <laughs> next show, I want to hear from you, Monty, because we go go back and forth, <laughs> bro. Okay. All right, man. You have a good have one. Have a good right. night, man. All right. You have a good one. Woo. Listen, Monty calls in. That was, uh, you know, that, that was, that was Monty, everybody. That was Monty. He said what he had to say. We're going to get to everybody again. 515-602-9639. 515-602-9639. Call in. The lines are hot. We're going to get to everybody. Please be patient. Monty calls in, and things just go awry. You see how he, he gets my blood boiling a little bit. I stay calm. I stay composed. But come on. Makai Becton's not good? Like, come on. Salute to everyone in the chat. Please like the stream if you have not liked it already. Also, share the stream as well. I'm always grateful when people do that. If you'd like to support the stream as well through the Super Chat, please do. Uh, outside of the Super Chat, you can hit the Cash App if you don't want to go through the Super Chat. I have a lot of people that say, hey, I do not want to, you know, get to the Super Chat. I want to go straight to your Cash App. It's right there at the bottom of the screen. Please give to the Cash App if, you, if you'd like to. Anything you give is greatly appreciated. And, again, exclamation point Coleman in the chat brings up a link directly to the Suzy G. Coleman Foundation for a fundraiser. Uh, that money goes directly to the Suzy G. Coleman Foundation. If you can give to that, it would be greatly appreciated, dollar, $2. Whatever you can give is greatly appreciated. So we're going to keep getting to these lines. Again, everyone, please be patient. The lines are hot. Auntie just absolutely goes crazy. Donovan, I'm coming directly to you. Donovan, salutes to you, Donovan. I want to thank you for calling in. I'm coming off of a of a scuffle there all over the phone with Monty. We're definitely going back and forth as usual. What the heck was that? <laughs> he was bugging out. Like, I I get your frustration, my G, but, like, oh, you need to relax. Like, you you bugging out. Like, wait, you mean to tell me that there's no talent on the roster? And these, we have the youngest roster in the NFL? Like, this is an evaluation year. We all said that. Like, don't get me wrong. We can get into it because you, you saw me in the chat during the game on Sunday. I almost yeah. – listen, it, it was rough Sunday. I'm just as mm-hmm. mad as you. I've been a fan for just as long as anybody who's probably listening to this. But I'm just saying, like, whoa, whoa, pump the brakes. You got to pump the brakes. He was talking really crazy. Like, and there's mm-hmm. one good thing I would say about Joe Douglas before I even forget this because I was thinking about it when you guys were talking. Regardless of what anybody says about Joe Douglas, we get great uh, compensation for anybody that we let go. And on the other end of that, they all went to where they wanted to go. Sam Darnold went to a a situation where he was able to get a new start, and he was thriving. I mean, he had three interceptions this weekend, but 
whatever. He was thriving with a whole new scheme, and good for him. Same thing with Jamal yeah. Adams. We all talk crap about him, but, hey, you wanted to go. You got to go where you wanted to go. You're on a bad defense. You're on a team that isn't going to make the playoff, and we have your first-round draft pick. Thank you, sir. Enjoy where you're at. <laughs> <laughs> like, what has Robbie yeah, Anderson and, and, done this, and, this year? You're talking about yeah. Robbie Anderson? Robbie Anderson hasn't done anything this year except for against us. He had that one touchdown down the field. That's the only touchdown he had all year. He hasn't done anything. So, yo, I'm off of that. I'm off of that Robbie Anderson nonsense. Congratulations to Frank, Franklin Myers. He deserved it. Leonard Williams yeah. was a bum for us. He played for his contract, and he's a bum for the Giants right now. All the moves we made were, like, realistic. Now, if you want to talk about what Joe Douglas has brought in as far as, like, the talent and stuff, I can get what you're saying because that first yeah. draft that he had, none of those players are playing right now. Huge problem. But it is. Well, it is. I won't say he's the – He's the worst. He's the worst GM because yeah, we wouldn't promise Jamal Adams a contract. We didn't even promise that we would freaking draft Peyton Manning. <laughs> Calm down. You're gonna say Bill Parcells ain't nobody? Come on, man. Stop it. Stop it. Well, well, you know, and again, I love Monty. We go back and forth often. We go back and forth often. I know a lot of people. You know, we argue a lot. I have nothing but love for Monty, and. You know, he has nothing but love for me. We go back and forth. But I disagree with Monty about his J.D. takes. I do. <laughs> Again, I'm not a Joe Douglas apologist. I'm not. I know that there's some, er- some you know, areas where he needs to clean up. But, again, he only had so much. I think a lot of people also forget that he, was, he came into a team that was dealing with the fallout of Mike McCagnin. Mike McCagnin was horrific. He was a whole general manager. And we watched that guy completely ruin this football team. Years of bad drafting, years of bad free agency signing, bad contracts that J.D. had to pull us from up under to get into that situation. That was one of the reasons, right, one of the key reasons why I was saying that we needed to get rid of Jamal Adams. It was because the mistake that we made yesterday, we were paying for today. I remember telling people that constantly, all right? But, man, you know, Monty, Monty, you know, he stoked the fire. So we definitely go back and forth. And, again, I want to thank you for calling in. But, you know, his take is his take. But I want to get your thoughts on this situation with Marcus May, man, because let me tell you something. A lot of people are ready to move on from him. And the trade deadline's coming up. It's going to be on November 2nd. Do you think the New York Jets will make a move and get rid of Marcus May? And what do you think we should be able to get back for him? Uh, we should definitely make that move. I said in the summer we could. I would have been. I would have been fine if they made the move in the summer. I had no problem with that. Mm-hmm. I mean, at this point, you just left us in a crappy situation, and the agent tweeting nonstop is annoying because, dude, you didn't even Ooh. report this properly with the NFL. So now you're, mm. you have Twitter fingers, and you want to sit here and cap for your freaking your 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 uh, your guy. But this is your fault, too. You messed up his wherever his next destination may be because you didn't report things right. So now, instead of a four-game suspension, which you would have probably got, it might be an eight-game suspension because you didn't report it properly to the league. So now you put us, you put the Jets in a bad spot, and you put yourself in a bad spot. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, it, it's tough. And, again, with all that looming over his head, I think that cuts into the value so I'm wondering now, you know, I, before I thought maybe we could get a first rounder possibly, but now I'm thinking maybe a second rounder and some change. I mean, what is the least you think we'll be able to get for Marcus May? You think we'll get a second rounder for Marcus May? 
I think we could. I think a, a second rounder nah, and maybe a fourth. I, I believe, you don't think so? No, nah, I believe before all of this came out, I think that would have been possible. But now I say you'd be the, the most you could possibly get is one third rounder. But anything else, I would realistically, I think maybe a fourth rounder and a flyer player, maybe like I, I just don't see it because the whoever's the next franchise that's going to pick him up, they know they're going to have to take the four game suspension or whatever it may be. He's not the youngest player that they're. He's not the youngest safety. He's not the oldest either. But I don't feel comfortable throwing a bag at this guy when he has how how many more years before he's on his decline? He's going to turn twenty nine. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it it stinks the way things are set up for guys to get paid, especially running backs, too. I think that's super foul. I think running backs should get paid for what they did, not what they're about to do, because the window for a running back being a top running back nowadays is, is small. What is it, maybe three years? You'll have three really, yeah. really good seasons, four at best, and then that yeah. that's the end of your rookie contract. Now you have to renegotiate, and they're looking at you funny. So it's messed up the way it goes. I don't make the rules, but I'm saying I don't want the Jets to get hit with something that we shouldn't be doing either. I don't think we should be paying Marcus May $14 million a year when he's going to produce for us maybe one good year on that contract. Yeah. And who knows Look, what type I, of injuries because he did, he did get injuries. That's one thing I would agree with what um, the last caller said. Marcus May has injuries. He he had the neck injury. He has neck and neck. I mean, the neck was the biggest one. But I mean, at the end of the day, you're getting older player too. So, where it goes. Yeah, but even with those, I mean, we've seen he he was a little nicked up before, especially I think like a preseason his first year. But he played all of the games his first year. It was the you know the second year where we saw the injury, um, but he was able to come back yeah. and we saw him you know able to play the third year. He's fine. So I think a lot of the yeah, and I'm, and I'm not talking bad about. about him. I like Marcus May. Yeah, but I, I think a little bit of the injury stuff for him is a little, you know, a little kind of overblown. Because again, we've seen guys miss time like that as well and come back and play well, and we saw that with him. So, you know, yeah. we'll, we'll see what happens going forward. But there's a lot yeah. of talk as well. A lot of Jets fans looking to make a move because that trade deadline is coming. We're starting to hear more and more about it. There's a lot of Jets fans that want to trade for OJ Howard. They want to see the tight end position addressed. Are you one of those fans as well? I mean. Uh... What kind of conversation are we giving the team for OJ Howard? Because I just watched him last night and he looked a little limpy with that with that Achilles tendon. Still, mm-hmm. I'm not saying yeah. he isn't a talent. That's a big tight end. I, I like OJ Howard, but what I saw if that little capsule size of what I saw last night, we're better off getting Zach Ertz. At least he had a touchdown. Shoot. Yeah. Well, Ertz is now he's in Arizona. <laughs> now he's he, they got traded oh. to Arizona. So yeah. Oh, I literally yeah. I'm just now getting out of work. I haven't touched my phone. The message came up. I've been wanting to call. So I just called the oh, number yeah. real quick. I haven't looked at anything. Absolutely. Today. Yeah, no, no, listen, I hear you. You know, he just got traded to Arizona for Tay uh Tay oh, Golan, I believe, yeah. and a fifth round pick. So he's already in Arizona. Oh, you know, I know a lot of Jets fans oh, were looking man. to get him too. But now he's gone. You know what I'm saying? So he's off the market. And that's why a lot of people started talking about O.J. Howard, and I'm looking at the situation like, hey, look, I understand. I don't understand really Jets, some Jets fans' infatuation with O.J. Howard. I don't get it because I don't think he's ever really lived up to that, that, you know, that, that draft status that he had. He's never really done anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, I, I think the tight end position. Think, I don't understand. think he can block. We need a blocker, too. Yeah. You can't just keep flip-flopping I mean, guys. We don't know what's going on. 
Exactly. And I understand, you know, people want to boost that tight end position, but I'd rather take the compensation. If we do trade Marcus May this year, if it actually does happen, let's take that compensation and then continue to build the football team with young guys. I don't, I, OJ Howard is not a guy that I would be interested in bringing in, especially not trading for. So my final question right. for you, Donovan, because you bring heat right now, bro, is when you look at this team, we're going into a bye week now. What offensive unit has impressed you so far this year? What offensive unit what has offensive impressed what? you? What offensive unit has impressed you the most this year? Which offensive unit? Yeah, what position group has impressed you the most this year? Um, I mean, I talked a lot of crap about the offensive line. They kind of like sewed it up a little bit. I, 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 mm-hmm. I, can, I can somewhat appreciate that. Still, a turnstile with Van Rotten, but and McGovern got to go. I can't stand him either. But um. <laughs> I, I like what they're doing. I, I think it's just I, I don't know why we're abandoning the run as fast as we are every single mm-hmm. game. It's like, okay, now here goes our hot shot quarterback. We got to market him. Let's have him go out there and throw it all over the yard. I don't think he's there yet. Mm-hmm. We need to lean more on the run. And, like, I get what people are saying, that they want a tight end and everything. But where we're at offensively, I just don't see how a tight end – because we have guys like Denzel Mims and we have Crowder and we have Elijah Moore that we have to get involved with that they haven't even been involved in this five games realistically. And even uh, Keelan Cole, too. I like him a lot. But I feel like Zach just literally, no matter what, I'm going to throw it to Corey Davis. It's going to happen. We got to move the ball around. And we have to stick with the – we have to – a little bit more with the run so we can play action off of it. I like that LaFleur was actually calling plays for him to actually roll out. It thinks that we run the same routes every single time, but hey, that's a whole nother other thing that defenses seem to, defenses seem to pick up. They run the routes better than our own receivers, but that, that's yeah. a whole other thing. But they need to really, like, the defense needs to – the penalties are – they're mm-hmm. ridiculous. It's every yep. third down. I yep. get it. You guys got a bad penalty on that first drive. That should have been a three and out, 100%. But when it didn't happen, everybody's shoulders down, head down. Where was the fire? We all sat on here and picked the Jets to win. Everybody picked the Jets to win. Yeah. Even though even the announcers picked the Jets to win. And they didn't even know what to say about this team. They don't watch the Jets or Atlanta. So it was super awkward yep. watching that on TV. Because they only know about the Cowboys, Green Bay, whatever, you know, the mainstream team. So it was weird watching that, but the Jets didn't give them anything to talk positive about either. It was terrible from start to finish. And quite honestly, we shouldn't even have the one win. We got excited off of that, and I was excited too. I thought that maybe we're going to change the page. It's not going to be this. I didn't want to be negative and be like, oh, this is the game that we always lose. I didn't even want to be that way because I thought, we were turning the new leaves, but we got to slow down. This team is young. And, you yeah. know, Floor, Salah, if you're, that, if you're that boss head coach that oversees everything, you should be sitting down. It should be Salah. It should be LaFleur. It should be Zach. And you guys, and even Connor McGovern, bring him in too. Bring him into the fold because he's the one who has to call the line calls and shout out the coverages. And it doesn't seem like he's good at that. 
So you guys, all four of you, you need to be on the same exact page. So this way, Zach gets a clean pocket to throw it. Because eventually, all that rolling out business, we even saw it last night with uh, with um, with Philly rolling out Jalen Hurts. These defenses started picking up on it with the RPO. You have to yeah. be able to sit in the pocket at some point and throw this ball and look off freaking yeah. receivers and, and throw to somebody else. You can't get locked in. And I know he's a rookie, but I just don't want to see the same Sam Darnold 2.0. That's what I don't want to see. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, I, I think Grant's a lot of over. that, like you said, <laughs> I think a lot of it is, you know, some of that is due to play calling and some of it is just – Zach's starting to get that feel. But I think, again, LaFleur's play calling, especially early, could be a lot better because, like you said as well, and we've, you know, I've had discussions with multiple people, you know, our play calling can get very predictive, especially, you know, on first down where we're coming out and we're running, running constantly. People just can predict what our play calling is. But, listen, Donovan, i got to get back to these lines, man. They are hot. I want to thank you for calling in and bringing the fire, all right? You have a good night, my friend. All right, Joe. You have a good one. Listen, Donovan calling in with the fire. Off the heat. Again, we'll continue with the lines. 515-602-9639. 515-602-9639 is the number. Call in. Next, I'm going to my guy Shaq, man. We're coming to Shaq. We're coming to Shaq. CT Steve, hold on one second. We're coming to Shaq, all right? Shaq is going to bring the heat. We all know that he knows his Jets. And he has his takes, man. Salutes to you, Shaq. I want to thank you for calling in. Shaq, give me your thoughts about this Marcus May situation. Do you want to see the New York Jets trade him? Man, Monty came in with the fire. I thought I was bad. I thought I was bad. Boy, he bought – I can't lie to you. I would say he bought greatness, but I'm not going to fully agree with him. Uh, Honestly – you know Marcus May. You know how I feel. You know how I feel about Jamal. Joe, we 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 got we got thirty minute segments of us talking about Jamal. You know how I felt about yeah. him, and and uh, we uh you know Marcus May. I wasn't you know really a super fan of him, but you know I'm like you know he'll be good to keep for the future. But like mm-hmm. you know like you guys said you know he's twenty eight. You know, why would you pay a 28-year-old big money? You know, Marcus May was never a speedster. So, you know, you know, the older he gets, he's going to get even slower. So, I mean, you got to, you know, you got to do what you got to do. Get something for him. I said you should have got something for him last year because our team was so bad. You know, it's better to get something, you know, for him now because you knew his contract was coming up. You knew it was coming up. You should have got, you should have did got something for him last year in the middle of the season because you most likely could have got what you're looking for, Joe, because I don't think we're going to get a second and some change. If we do get a second, you, if, I think we'll be lucky. But mm. I think we could get a third. Third with, you know, a fifth or a sixth, you know, that in that direction due to, due to his contract situation, due to his age, and due to, you know, what's going on in, you know, outside yeah, of the DUI. Yep. You know, yep. so yep. Yeah, that's why I said it was better to do it last year. You should have did it last year. We could have got a second and some change last year. Yeah. You know, and, I, and again, I want to thank you for calling in. Look, I, like I said, I, I think 
I think we can get a second, but I understand why people are, are saying, hey, that value is going to drop because, again, even without the age and, and the, you know, having to sign a contract, because, again, if you're a team that's looking to, looking to get him, you already know that those things are coming with it. But that DUI arrest and the charges swirling around, that makes a lot of teams that probably would have been, you know, more in the chase kind of back away like, whoa, wait a second here. Uh, you know, with this on the table now, can I trust this guy? Is this a guy that I want on my team now making these kind of decisions? Yeah. Do I want this guy in my locker room? There's a lot of questions that come along with that. And when you're a team that's giving away capital, that could, again, make a team kind of back up. Now, we were talking about trades. You know, we talked about Marcus May, but there's a lot of Jets fans that wanted to see us land Zach Ertz. There's a lot of people screaming, are you upset that the New York Jets weren't able to make a move for him before he went to Arizona? Uh, I am, but I see why we don't we won't make these moves because you know, like everybody said, this is an evaluation year. You know, it sucks mm-hmm. to say that. Um, I f- I still feel like, you know, we could have made some changes. You know, because I want to get back to that Monty situation. I want to really get back to that one because I really like that. But, uh, you know, with 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 him attacking Joe Douglas, I don't blame him. Mm-hmm. Because the record shows, regardless of what Joe did, how many people we trade for, anything, the record shows, and the record is awful. It's terrible. You know, he's not. I feel like he should be more aggressive, because I feel like we can we can make this a lot faster. There's a lot of teams out there that that did it in one year, and I can name them. I can name them. Philly did it because the year before they won the championship, they were six and ten. Jacksonville did it. They won, like, what, three games, and then they went to the AFC Championship game. San Francisco, they picked before us, and they made it to the Super Bowl the next year. You get what I'm saying? You, you get where I'm going? Like, you can do it. You can pull this off. He just has to be more aggressive with, his, with, his, with the money. He has to actually swallow his pride and trade back. A lot of people didn't want Sam or whatever, but I felt like he should have traded back on that one, you know? Mm. Um Honestly, he's he just he just needs some time. I'm giving him time. I'm not attacking him as hard as Monty did, but you know, I, I just want to just give him some time. Let's just see how it works, how it works out, you know, because he like everybody said, he this is a young team, you know, and all this other stuff. And now the Jamal, now the Seahawks is is declining. They're gonna lose. We all know this is no. They got Geno Smith at the helm. They're losing. There's no question they're losing. I'm going to give him the chance to, you know, see what he does with these first round picks. Because now that we have the quarterback, and it's and it's some talent. It's some talent. Michael Carter. He's going to be. I like him. You know, yeah. we could handle the tight end situation if we put Denzel Mims. You know, in a little bit more closer to the line of scrimmage, you know, not a tight end, but like, you know, hybrid tight end like Quincy Anuma was, you know, try to play that role with him. You know what I'm saying? Like you can do, you can do some things if you don't want to trade for a veteran guy. Cause me personally, I want Odell in the yeah. building, you know, but we know. Wow. Really? Happen. You want, Odell? that was going to be one yes, of my I questions do. was a lot of, there's yes. some Jets fans that are streaming for Odell Beckham. You're, you're a Jets fan and wants to make a move for him. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Because I know if he comes at a cheap price, but the problem is the baggage that he brings to a That's young exactly team. That's exactly what I was about to ask. That's not going to help. Of, it's not. Uh, it, it won't help. Listen, Zach, I, it won't help. The, no, it won't. 
wouldn't you be concerned about the impact he'd have in that locker room? Because again, and again, I'm not here to call people out, but everywhere he's been, it's been the same thing where a lot of people are saying, Hey, this guy, you know, he's a cancer. He comes here. There's a lot of baggage brought back with him. The giants got rid of him because of that. Now we're seeing that he's on the Browns and things aren't necessarily changing over there. Why bring that type of, of headache to your situation? Especially again, he's coming off of the injury. How much time does he have left? Do you want that type of stuff? Do you want the remnants of those issues in your locker room? We're just coming away from a space where we were trying to clean things up, uh, you know, here with the locker room as well. Because, again, our past is riddled with issues locker room-wise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that's why I said it it won't happen. And, you know, I see why it won't happen. Because Mm -hmm. Odell will come here and, and rip everything. We got a rookie coach. Rookie offensive yeah. coordinator and a rookie quarterback? No, no. Now, if we had, now if we were contenders, you know, we had Bill Belichick in the building, you know, we had, you know, a quarterback that can handle that, handle Odell, you know, then that's different. But I, yeah. you know, I know that's, you know, we we got everything is new, everything is new. Everybody is yeah. learning. Lafleur, this is first year offensive coordinator. I'm not ripping him fully, you know. He's learning. He's trying to get. He's learning on the fly. I wish it I wish it wasn't like that. But I feel like he's learning on the fly. You know, and you know, Robert Sala is, is is coaching everybody for the first time instead of the defense, you know, and he brought some improvements to the defense, you know, whether, you know, a lot of people don't like it or not, you know, he's doing a lot with, with a little. We thought we was gonna have but the worst, you know, pass defense ever. Yeah. <laughs> and he's doing but a solid the, the, job. Not a great job, not a good job, but it's okay job. With, what he yeah, he, he is. He, he is. He's doing a solid job. But just to go back to the office, you talked about Lafleur. Look, I look. I understand that he's you know learning or whatever it is, right? But I don't want to have to wait too much longer for him to figure out you know learn his job to then make sure that Zach Wilson understands what he's supposed to do out there. I need Lafleur to step up, man. I do. Especially if we're talking about calling early in the game. Especially if we're talking about getting you know away from scripts and things like that. I need you to clean it up, dude. Because these slow starts yeah. offensively, you not calling plays to get aggressive and take shots down the field early, you being extremely predictable within your play calling is going to cost us cause us nothing but issues. I need to, LaFleur to get on board, man. I need, to, I need him to get going faster. I'm sorry. I understand he's a rookie head coach about so on and so forth. I don't care about none of that, okay? Because we drafted a young quarterback. <laughs> you're here to mold him. You're, here to, you're, you're the guy that he's going to be looking to. I need you to step up with your play calling. I do. I really do. So yeah. my final question for you, Shaq, because you bring the heat, man. But before I let you go, give me your biggest surprise on defense. What was, what was the player that was a big surprise for you that you didn't necessarily think was going to produce as well as they're producing this, this year so far defensively for us? Man, that, man, I might sound stupid, you know, for this, for this side, but those two linebackers, man, I didn't think – you got to think about it. I didn't think C.J. was going to play like that. I didn't think C.J. was going to play the way he did, and I okay. didn't think Quincy was going to play the way he did. I'll tell you why oh. I, I, I thought C.J. Yeah, wasn't going to play that way. Two years out of, the, out, of, out of the NFL, that's a, <laughs> that's a long time. And then to come back and to play at a, at a, at a Pro Bowl level, you know, is, 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 you know, not even, you know, a lot of people probably might say not a Pro Bowl level, but, you know, it's still a good level at for being gone for two years. That's that's pretty good. I'm like, that was, yeah. you know, I, I'm like, man, he, 
he's on fire out there. Then, then Quincy Williams coming in, you know, undrafted. I kind of wanted him in the draft when, the year he was the year he was um, in the draft class. I'm like, hey man, I'm like, hey, he, he, he out there dumb. He out there looking better than his brother. Don't get me started. Now that's a hot take right there. That's hot right there. Now that's hot. That's hot. Don't get me started. That's that hot. is hot. That's how I go. He, 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 he looking Here we go. Only, I'm Jack only saying that because Quentin coming, coming in at the number three pick, come on, man. Come on, man. You can't be getting pancaked on the ground the way you were getting pancaked in, uh, against Atlanta, man, on the run, man. Come on, man. Need you to get need you to get some stronger knees or something. Dude. You can't be getting pushed down. You're supposed to be the next Aaron Donald, man, getting picked at number three. You can't be out here getting – pushed around and not getting, you know, these sacks. John Franklin Myers is undrafted and he's out playing you. That's that's not good. Mm. He's out playing you. He's not undrafted. He was a second round pick, but he's out playing you. You know, and he got picked up off the street. Come on, man. Come on, man. These are facts here, man. He played the position. Yes. What's crazy, he played his position, but he now he's playing the end position because he's that versatile. You know what I yeah. think we should do? This is going to be bold right here. It's going to be bold right okay. here. Joe, you probably slap me if you see me. Well, I think we should trade Quinny. I think we should trade him. We'll get him, get some value, man. Get some value. For him. Shaq. Everything was get good. Get some value, man. Get some value. Yeah, I'm coming with the heat, Monty. You ain't the only one coming with the heat tonight. You ain't the only one coming here with the heat go. tonight. Shaq. You ain't the only one coming with the heat tonight. Well, you got to think about I it, Joe, Joe. Shaq. Joe, now we're trading think about Go ahead, Shaq. I'm gonna let you finish. Ugh. Think about it. Are you gonna Are you gonna pay Quentin Williams top dollar? Would you do that? A defensive tackle? I, Would you do that? I don't think you'll necessarily have to draft uh, drastically overpay him. That That's the problem. I think a lot of Jets fans look at things like, oh, when a guy comes up for contract, you're gonna have to pay him like you know he's Aaron Donald. No, I think they understand where he is. You You'll gauge him within a you know a certain range, and you'll pay him effectively. You don't, that doesn't mean we'll have to drastically overpay him. Listen, Quentin Williams has been solid for us this season. When he got out there, he started putting on. You look at the things he was doing in that Titans game. You look at the things that he was you know he's been able to accomplish this season. The sacks, the pressure, the disruption, and again, this is coming off that foot injury. He's been able to work himself into a very solid groove. Now, his brother Quincy has been phenomenal. I will say that, like you said as well, and I was going to talk about that in a second. A lot of people that pushed C.J. Uh, Mosley out the door was talking about trading him. Those guys are silent right now. That guy's flying around playing like crazy. Quincy Williams is out here. Nobody was talking about Quincy at all. Quincy Williams is bringing it. Quincy Williams is bringing it. But Quincy Williams is also playing well for us, too. I'm not necessarily a guy that's looking to trade him. I think if he comes up for a deal, Joe Douglas will be able to get him in here and sign a solid deal. But I don't think we'll have to drastically overpay to keep Quinn and Williams. But think I just about it, think. though, Joe. Do, do okay. you think he's going to take that contract? No, it's up to him. It's up to both parties. He's going to he's going to test them. He most likely might test them. He's going to test the market. I think he's going to test the know. market and going to try to get the best book that he can get. Okay. He's going to try okay. to get the best buck he can get. I don't think he's going to take no minimum or anything like that due no. to where he was picked and due to what he mm-hmm. think he can do. You get what I'm saying? And, yeah. you know, he's a defensive tackle. Come on. Come on. He's a defensive tackle. Definitely. He Listen, Shaq, I, I, he, like I said as well, Shaq, he, I, I think, again, I think he, you know, he's definitely going to make sure that the deal works out for him, but I think Joe Douglas will be able to get this guy signed and bring him in. I truly do. I think when that time comes – 
Quentin Williams is definitely a guy that's a team guy. You know, you listen to him. He always talks about the Jets. Everyone speaks of him highly. I think he's a guy that would be interested in staying a Jet. I don't think we'll have to drastically overhang him. But listen, Shaq, I got to get back to these lines, man. Again, I want to thank you for calling in. Next time I have a show, I want to hear from you. All right, my friend? Yes, sir, as always. All right, you have a good one. Listen, Shaq calling in, he interesting points, you know. I, I don't necessarily agree with training Quinn and Williams. I'm not there, you know, and I think we'll be able to work out a deal with them. But, again, 515-602-9639. 515-602-9639 is the number. Call in. We are taking all callers. We'll get to everybody. The lines are hot. Please be patient. All right, next I'm going to my guy, C.T. My guy, C.T., is going to call in. I know he's bringing the heat as well. Salutes to you, C.T. I want to thank you for calling in. C.T., we've been – We've been going back and forth all night long. These, this, this, this show has gotten heated. You know what I'm saying? Give I know. Your I know. About, give me your thoughts about the possible trade of Marcus May. Are you a guy that is looking to move on from Marcus May? And if so, what is the least amount of capital you think the New York Jets will be able to get in exchange? Uh, first and foremost, salute to you, Joe. Back at it. Respect you for all your content, man. Love it. Um, Thank you. When it comes to Marcus May, homeboy, gotta go, man. I mean, I had to, I hate to say it, man, but I love him. I love Marcus May. I like. And I, yeah. I don't care about his age. I don't care about none of that. I, I personally would like to pay him, but that's before you know his agent was chat chop talking all this you know booty chatter. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I, yeah, I feel yeah. like he's been you know he if he wants out, let the guy go out, let him go compete with a team, you know, before his career is over. And that's cool, you know, and I understand it. It just, when it comes to things like this, it's just timing, you know, timing. We got two safeties uh, in, the, in the 2016 draft, I believe, or 17, one of those two. And, you know, we thought they were going to be here forever. But, you know, with, when it comes to organizations and when the timing is to push, it's just not right now to then start re-signing people. Unfortunately, there was a huge overhaul obviously, since then. And it just it's just part of the process. I know the last caller was like, it could be done fast. But no, it can't. You know, it, it can't be done fast. This is a process, you know. So getting rid of Marcus May and getting some, 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 some picks, I believe that, you know, it's going to help us with our process. You know, the, the Jets are not an organization that always had the right coach or always had the right GM and quarterback at the same time. And I, and I always preach that you've got to have it all at the same time or at least two of the three at the same time to then make a push the next year. You know, I mean, a lot of these teams that, that Homeboy named, a lot of them already had the same coach. So they had the same system, same players, and they might have added like a little piece of like, you know, to make them now a, a, a playoff contender. We are well very far from that. So it's going to take um, some picks. It's going to take some free agents. And it's going to take some time for, for our young guys to grow into the players they are. There are a lot of these guys are first time playing, second year playing, and a lot of guys don't find their rhythm until like year five that year. And the Brandon Marsh talks about it all the time. He didn't find his rhythm until like year three, four, five, and then he felt like he was, you know, a, a NFL player with confidence, you know. So think about it from that standpoint, you know. That, you know, so when we get some of these cats like Bryce Hall to actually say, oh yeah, I'm in my third year as a veteran or, you know, Michael Carter in his second year, third year, it's going to make the team feel like it's an actual team because right now, let's face it, we're all figuring out what this team identity is, and that takes, you know, real game in game reps. So, um, yeah, when it comes to Marcus May, let's see if we can get a third. 
I think we can get a third and uh, maybe another pick, uh, like a low draft pick, a fifth or sixth along with it. Or maybe we'll get a third and, and, a, and a backup safety. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, I, 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 I've talked about it. I, I'm looking for a second-round pick. A lot of people have said, eh, okay. maybe before the situation with the DUI, Joe, yeah, probably got a second. But now I know a lot of people that are in your mind frame as well that a third-rounder would work and they're ready to move on from him. And again, I love Marcus May. I think he's phenomenal. I, I, love him I think too. he's a great but I'm about tired of it as well. <laughs> I'm tired. Yeah, you know, you know when it comes to a second round pick, sure, I believe yeah. that if any GM can do it, Joe Douglas can do it because he's done things where I didn't think he can get like certain rounds picks like Sam Darn. I didn't think we're going to get what we got for him. I don't think we're going to get for you know Jamal Adams. So he has a way of yep. I don't know negotiating. You know, and if it's a team that thinks that's the one piece they need and they're willing to pay a higher price, then it's possible because they might want to win this year. You know, so who knows? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. But now you're looking at the team, man, because we're also talking about team evaluation. You know, Jets going into their bye right now. So far what we've seen, you know, the Jets are, you know, have had their ups and downs this season. What is your assessment of Coach Sulla and his staff so far within these weeks? You know, what are some of the things that you've seen that is positive? What are some of the things you think coming out this bye week need to be fixed? Um, I like them, man. I think if they get a bad rap because they're in New York, I think if they were in a different market, they wouldn't be getting so much heat. Like whether it be all oh, the play calling. When we lose, you realize that everybody says everything is wrong. It'd be like this player, that player, the play calling, the coach, the GM. Everything is wrong when we lose. So, so no one really knows what's going on. They just talk, you know. So I, I mean, I like Mike Floor. I think his play calling has been fine personally because I've been watching back the plays and. Believe it or not, there are some people open, you know, and Zach missed some, some passes, or he does pass, and it doesn't, it's not completed. You know, I know you want them to throw big bombs early in the game, but mm-hmm. at the same time, you know, it's just not realistic. The guys are fresh, you know, they're, they're coming out there, they're, they're scouting Zach. You know, it's, it's going ha- to have to take some time getting that run game going. I think that's the key. I think the run game, once that gets going, then you're going to start seeing those, you know, more comfortability where Zach can throw those long bombs. If we don't get the run game going, there's, they're just going to pin their ears back and then, you know, keep smashing us. Um, so I don't see – I don't think Mike before is a problem. I like what Coach Sala. He's like a CEO type of coach where he's overseeing the whole operation. And I think he's an yeah. inspirational coach. I really do. When he talks, I, I, I think he is very authentic. And I think that's what the players want, somebody who they're going to keep it real with them. Um, I do think that this is a process, though. I think that they haven't figured it out. That's one thing that's for sure. I think they haven't figured it out. And by the end of the season, mm-hmm. I'll have a better look, uh, understanding of what I, you know, this organization is going to look like going forward. But right now, I don't see any problems, really. I, I, I'm really ha- in a positive standpoint of where we're at with the coaches. It just takes time to figure out what your players do best. And it takes in-game reps, unfortunately. Well, here's – and again, CT, you know, we go back and forth often as well on the show. Here's my issues with yeah. – or here's my – with LaFleur is that I hear what you're saying, you know, you're not necessarily as uh, concerned with him, you know, in his offensive play calling. The reason why I am is because I think early we're far too predictable. You talked about the running game. A lot of the reasons why our running game sometimes I, I believe doesn't work early or has issues getting off the ground, <laughs> not a play on words, but has issues getting off the ground is because uh, it's very predictable. Teams can predict that we're going to come out and run on first down. Teams can predict that we're going to try to do some of those things. So I think he struggles there, and we've seen this, right? We've seen the offensive, 
the offensive struggles early consistently throughout this entire season so far. I think we've only scored one offensive touchdown in all the games that we've played. One offensive touchdown in the first half. That's the most we scored. We scored one offensive touchdown yeah, in, in the first half in all the games that we played. There's something wrong here. Then also when you start to look a little bit deeper, well, the usage the usage is, is, is a little bit questionable as well, the packages that he sends out there. Look, I, we talk about it weekly. Denzel Mims, bro, where is he at? Every time we put the kid in the game, right, he makes a big catch. Every time. Every time he bails us out of something. What was it? I forgot what game he, he had. One catch for 40 yards, they took him immediately and put him on the bench. The last game we played, we needed a first yeah. Yeah, it was it was like first and twenty or something, and we were we were struggling and trying to get back in the game. They put him out there. He gets us a a twenty two, twenty three yard catch, gets us a first down. Immediately put back on the bench, right? How do you how do you have this type of weapon where we're all talking about? Oh, you know, guys are struggling to separate. Guys are struggling to get open. Well, every time we put Denzel Mims out there, he finds a way. Why aren't we utilizing this kid more? We also can say the same thing about Elijah Moore, too. Elijah Moore, this great guy, you know, you listen to all the beat writers, everybody, all, every Jets fan was saying that he was the best thing. He was the best wide receiver the New York Jets had ever drafted in franchise history. I didn't make that up. Somebody told me that. Yeah. It was beat yeah, writers yeah, and fans yeah. that told me that, right, CC? Did I make that up? I didn't make I that didn't, up, right? No, you did not okay. make that up. No, you did not. <laughs> okay, so if, so if I didn't make that up, can you please tell me how Elijah Moore comes out of the Falcons game with zero catches? How's that possible? I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm gonna be honest with you, man. Um, there is, a, yeah, there is a usage problem. I do believe Elijah Moore and uh, Denzel Mims will have their time. I think that you gotta, when it comes to um, the NFL, time and 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 history and you know the know-how matters. I mean, they just respect veterans more. They do. And on top of that, with oh. Denzel Mims specifically, with Denzel Mims specifically, he was sick. Go ahead. So when you have a team and you're learning new plays every week, sometimes you're installing new plays every week, and Denzel Mims hasn't been there for however long, he's just going to be behind. So his time will come, and I, I don't, I'm not, not too concerned with Denzel Mims because I think his time will come as, as well as Elijah Moore. Elijah Moore, when, when Jameson Crowder came back, he kind of got more shine. So I think that Elijah Moore's time is going to come you know, down the line as well. I do think they're extremely talented, and I do believe Denzel should be on that other side of Corey Davis. I personally believe so. But Keelan Cole hasn't necessarily disappointed either. So I'm not going to – because, you know, we're not, we're not in these meetings, so we don't know exactly what they're dealing with and what – you know, Denzel said he knows what he has to do to get back into the rotation, and, and we saw him a little bit more in Atlanta, and hopefully we see him more going forward. So, yes, there has been – um, a little disconnect between the fan base and what, and what they're seeing and what, what's on on the field and what they're doing, but I do believe that does take time. You know, when you see a, a player who who know, knows only a certain part of the playbook because he was late to come back, you can't put him out in certain plays, and you, you, it's just about a matter of scheme. Okay, you put him in for that play, take him out because the next play we don't trust him to run this right now. That's all it is, you know, and I don't think that. It's a necessary detriment to Denzel. I think over the time of weeks, especially after the bye week, we should be able to get some more play with Denzel. And I, and I just, I hope so. So I don't know. We'll see how it goes down. What I do know is this is a good problem to have. We got two young receivers who are learning the game on the sidelines, and and every now and then coming in to to, to get some reps. That's a good thing to have, you know. And in the future, our wide receiver core at least is going to have to be stable. Yeah. 
Yeah, look, I hear you. I hear you. So my final question before I let you go, CT, because you're, you're bringing the heat, man. Give me a player that you feel like is the biggest surprise for you on the Jets' defense this year. What is a player that coming into the season you didn't really, you know, think was going to do too much, but he's actually picked up and gave solid production? You know, man, um, I love this player. I loved him when he, when we drafted him, Bryce Hall, man, and he's a steal. He's a steal. As he continues to grow and develop, I believe he will be like bona fide number one corner. You know, I think I've heard, for me, I've seen enough talent to say he's number one quality because he's made some certain deflections this year and last year that I was like, hmm, you know, that like a lot of people would have gotten burnt on that play or they would have got a pass interference. He's very disciplined, yo. So Bryce Hall, yeah. I think, is my dude. Like, I might get the jersey and everything. You know, like, honorable mention. <laughs> so, yeah, for real. Um, honorable mention goes to, you know, Quincy and, and uh, he that, that, that um, pick up off, off of waivers. Which has been has been an yeah. impact, and uh, I think low key Javelin Gidry has made some good tackles as well. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Listen, CT, I want to thank you for calling in tonight, man. Your takes were fire, bro. They were straight fire. <laughs> Listen, CT, I gotta bro. get back to these lines, man. Absolutely, you have yourself a good night, man. You too. Have a good night. Peace. All right. Listen, CT. CT brought some heat. I ain't going to lie to you. CT brought some heat. Listen, wherever you're watching me from, please give the stream a thumbs up. Also, share it as well. Subscribe if you have not subscribed already. I want to thank everyone that has subscribed during the show. Please continue. Uh, Hit that notification bell as well so that when I post content, you folks will be in the know. Also, if you'd like to donate, uh, you know, Super Chat is there. If you'd like to give to the Super Chat, please do. Uh, Everything that you give to the platform is greatly appreciated. Also, some people don't like the Super Chat. They'd rather, you know, hit me through Cash App. My Cash App's right there at the bottom of the screen. Please, if you'd like to, hit me in the Cash App as well. And, again, for those of you, I am wearing pink because I support the Susie G. Coleman Foundation, and I want to fight against breast cancer and bring breast cancer awareness. Exclamation point Coleman in my chat brings up my link to a Susie G. Coleman fundraiser that I have started to do just that, all right? So if you can give a dollar, $2, whatever you can give to that fundraiser, goes directly to the Susie G. Coleman Foundation. So please give if you can. So we're going to continue to go to the lines again, 515 is the number. Call in. We're taking all callers. Lines are hot, everyone, and please be patient. Next, I'm going to my guy, Steve, man. Steve, salutes to you. Steve, salutes to you. I want to thank you for calling in, my friend. Steve, we have had a night, man. A lot of back and forth. Give me your thought about your thoughts about this situation with Marcus May. Do you think the New York Jets should trade him? Hey, Joe. Well, first off, thank you so much for having me on your show, man. I always love talking to you. Um, before we talk about the thing with Marcus May, I, I, I you know, I, I listened to all the callers before I came on. I don't know what that guy Monty was talking about. That had to be one of the worst calls I had ever heard on your show before. That was one of the worst calls I ever I have ever heard. I have no idea what he is talking about. I mean, we'll get into that a little bit more. But the situation with Marcus May is a tough situation we're in now because, you know, listen, he's going to be almost 30 years old. You know, we put him on the franchise tag last year. Now, and honestly, we thought at first that maybe after the 2021 season that we would extend him. 
But now, honestly, with, with this situation now, where there's a possibility of the rumor that he wants to be traded before the trade deadline on November 2nd, and he wants something to be changed as well, I don't know what's going to happen, but we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. But the thing is, though, now there's another tough situation, that DUI situation that he had back in February. Now, if that situation yeah. did happen in February, then why wasn't it reported to the NFL right away? Because mm. if, if something isn't not reported to the rights of the NFL right away, and if, let's say if he is guilty, he's going to be on suspension for long term because this wasn't reported. Yeah. Yeah, look, uh, and again, you know, that's still up in the air whether it's reported, you know, correctly or not. Again, we're seeing the fallout from it because when it was initially, you know, it got to the Jets beat, we saw that even the Jets beat knew nothing about it. You know, they were saying, hey, what's going on? And that in itself as well, you know, like you were talking about, see, could affect his trade value because you got to look at the situation. Not only would you be trading for a guy that's dealing with, you know, that arrest. Let's see what happens, you know, comes from that. How much time is he going to miss? Is he a guy that you feel like you'll be able to trust with a big, you know, bag now attached to him? And, you know, he's going to be a guy that's going to be around your team. Can you trust that he won't go out and make another mistake? And you got to also wonder, you know, how honest is he going to be with you if he does make another mistake or if something does happen? You know, because, again, like you said as well, the report yeah. is swirling about whether it was reported correctly or not. So it's like – yeah, man, it's, it's, it's a tough sale so now, now to another team. That brings me to my question. Go ahead. But, Steve, I wanted to ask you is now when you look at all that stuff factoring in, if the New York Jets would look to trade Marcus May, what kind of value do you think they get at this point? I'm a guy that thinks a second rounder, maybe we could get that. A lot of other people are talking about third and fourth rounders. I mean, what is the least that you would take if you were the Jets general manager to trade Marcus May? I'll tell you one thing. If there was one team I, I think we sh- if Marcus May should get traded to would be the Los Angeles Rams. I think the Los Angeles Rams would be willing to give up anything. The Rams would be willing <laughs> to give up anything. Because I mean, remember, <laughs> now they don't have two first-round picks for the next two years because that was part of the Matthew Stafford trade. Um I, I, honestly, if 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 we could get a second round pick back, that would be great. That would be great from the Rams. Another player that I was thinking about too, about about was maybe getting OJ Howard from Tampa Bay. But I don't know if Tampa Bay would want to give up on OJ Howard really quickly. Uh, and yeah. that that's the whole that's the thing, Joe. But we're gonna see what happens, Marcus May. Now, I actually want to talk to you about the state of this team right now because this is the thing that's the most important thing. I'm going to talk to every Jets fan right now, and I want Jets fans to listen to me very, very clearly. Now, Mm. did I – this was kind of of one of the expected records I did expect the Jets to be at, one and four. You know, thank God we're not winless going into the bye, okay? Now, now the thing was with the other guy, Monty, who was the first caller on the show, and why he he has no idea what he is talking about – let me explain to you some of the situations that have happened with former Jets that are not on this team anymore. Let's start off with his good old buddy, Jamal Adams, okay? Let's start off with that. Did any of you fans see what happened at the Seahawks-Rams game on Thursday night football? What, what, what does Jamal do? He can't cover anyone. He, he let a Rams receiver go right by. Thank you, Seattle, for giving us two first-rounders back, and thank you for paying him close to – that million, $70 million contract for four years. Congratulations, Seattle. You're going to be now go- going down the road. Now, 
Chris Herndon is another example. He hasn't had a single catch with the Minnesota Vikings. That's another situation. And the thing is, another thing is with this team is, now going with this team, this is a very, very, very young team. Now, listen, I understand from Jack Dan, it's been 10 years that we haven't made the playoffs. Listen, listen, I want to win too. And, Joe, I've seen your videos. You want to win as well. And I totally respect yeah. that. But the thing is about this team, this is a rebuilding team with a rookie quarterback, a rookie head coach, a rookie offensive coordinator. Now, listen. Do I think that the Jets could have won some of those other games that they were in this past year? Yes. Like, okay, the, the past game we lost last Sunday to the, to the Falcons in London, okay, the 27-20 game. But you know something? Listen, there is talent on this team, despite the fact that we're 1-4 with this young team. Like, look at – let me tell you about some other teams that are in worse situations than, than we are. See, we're a team that's in the right direction. If you want to look at a team that's in a worse situation, why don't you take a look at the Jacksonville Jaguars, for an example? They're 0-5 right now. They have a coach that, that players don't want to play for right now. Now, that's a bad situation. Um, another team is – I mean, I'm not going to go over every other team that's in a tough situation right now. But what people have to understand is that, and the one thing is, I do believe the Jets will bounce back. And this is a great chance this week, okay? You know, we got to, everyone's got to take their time with this team, okay? Okay? We got to be patient, unfortunately. Listen, I, I, don't, I know there have been a times in the, in the last few years when the fans don't want to be patient with this team anymore. But let me tell you, it's a young team and a new young coach. So, we got to see what happens. And, and one thing I will see is we, we should be all right bouncing back after the bye week because this will be a good learning experience for us. Steve bringing heat, man. Give him a hand to the audience. <laughs> I had to get this Steve, off you really shoulder. brought some heat. Yeah. You, you you brought it. You brought it, Steve. You brought the heat, man. I mean, <laughs> there's nothing left to be said. Listen, Steve, I want to thank you for calling in tonight, my friend. This was an amazing call. Hey, thank call you, Joe. Hey, Joe, listen. Let's enjoy the yeah. bye week, Joe. Don't worry, Joe. We're going to get back. We will bounce back, man. I know this is going to be some tough stretches down the road for us this year, but I do believe we'll bounce back. All gas, no break. Let's go. Let's go, Steve. Man, and again, I want to thank Steve for calling in. He brought fire. I ain't going to lie. We're going to keep going to these lines again. 515-602-9639. 515-602-9639 is the number. Call in. If you're watching, no matter where you're watching me from, please subscribe to the stream if you're on YouTube. Also, give the stream a thumbs up. Wherever you're at, please share the stream as well. It's always greatly appreciated. We're going to keep getting to these lines. Next, I'm going to my guy, Colin. We're coming directly to you. Colin's bringing the heat already. I, I feel it. I feel the heat. You know, Steve really went off right there. Colin, Salute, I want to thank you for calling in tonight. Colin, give me your thoughts about talk about trading Marcus May. Are you a Jets fan that wants to see the New York Jets move on from him? Hey, Joe. How you doing? Good evening, buddy. Um, What's going on? My, my, my thing with, with Joe Douglas is, has he signed anyone other than franchise tagging them? First, I, I'm, I'm yeah. 
I'm, I'm not Franklin a stack guy or anything, but John Franklin Myers. He just signed. Other John than other than John Franklin Myers that we that we just signed, has he? Has there been any player that was like you know like the Robbie Anderson, the Jamal Adams, the guys, the guys that had the talent? Has he has he paid anyone? Like any any anyone has he signed anyone to any long term contract? Uh, I'm pretty sure he's he's signed he's brought guys back. Uh, but I mean, yeah. he's also got right. He, he signed other guys from free agency that were extremely talented too. You know what I'm saying? So he was able to do that. Yeah, but I I, I just feel like it's a pattern with Joe Douglas where. You're gonna you're gonna get these rookie guys. They're, they're gonna they're gonna play their three years, you know, mm-hmm. Bryce Hall or whatever. These these guys are gonna they're gonna shine during their rookie years, and then when it comes to that long term contract, we're gonna be ha- mm-hmm. we're gonna be doing the same song and dance with those players. So in, my my, in, in my question years. is this though, my, I not hear you, Colin. But my question is this, right? When you when you ask, hey, you know, how many guys did he sign that were talented? Well, how much talent do we really have on this team? When you look at some of the guys we've had walk away, right? Robbie, yes, Robbie walked away. He got a better deal from Carolina. But Joe Douglas, you know, subsequently did. What did he do? He went out and he got other wide receivers to come in. He went and addressed the the wide receiver position. Everyone's talking about Jamal Adams. Listen, dog, Jamal Adams did not want to be here. There wasn't enough money to give this guy. He was asking for $20 million a season. You do not pay box safeties $20 million a season. That's That's not something we can do. So everyone's acting like Joe Douglas let guys get away that were like, you know, he, like he let four or five pro bowlers get away, and that's not what happened. You have to look at how we were trying to properly rebuild this football team. Look at what we were coming from up under. And, again, I don't, I don't excuse Joe Douglas for everything. I don't. But I keep it real. Mike McCagnan screwed this team. He did. You look at the bad draft, you look at the bad free agency signings from Tremaine Johnson to all the issues. Look at the situation we had with Le'Veon Bell. Michael Cagnon had brought him in. Look at the deal that was there. Look at all the things that we had to deal with when Joe Douglas got this job. He had to come from up under those things. So it's not like he let you know, a, a Joey Bosa walk out the door or, you know, he let Deshaun Watson get away from it. It wasn't nothing like that. These were guys that, yes, some of them walked away. Again, Robbie Anderson, but he wouldn't address that. He signed guys. Jamal Adams, yeah. Jamal Adams was gone anyway. There was no way we were going to keep him. So guess what? When he did trade Jamal, guess what he did? He got two first-rounders. One of those first-rounders, you know, he was able to get, bring in some young offensive talent. You know, Vera Tucker's here because of that first round. We'll see what happens next season. But we'll see what happens next draft with this next upcoming, you know, first rounder, which is looking better and better by the day. So even though Jamal is gone, we still ended up with two first rounders and some change for a box safety. Those are great moves. You cannot continue to blame Joe Douglas for just kind of dealing with some of the stuff that he had. Now, is he is he without blame for some issues? Yeah, there are some things he could have done better. He could have addressed the offensive line a little bit better. Van Roten is not my favorite guy in the world. I wish we got rid of him. But there's other things that were in play where he's brought in young talent and consistently thinking that but when these happens, guys get off the that we won't be able to get these guys. Yeah. I don't think it's true. Go ahead. What, ha- what happens now when, when you let Marcus May walk, walk out of the building now? You know, mm-hmm. you know what, what happens well, to the team now as far as, you know, the secondary? 
The one thing Robert Powell said was he said in, in one of his mm-hmm. press conference, he said something to the, along the line that, hey, you know, we, we got to get Ashton Davis reps because that's the only how you're going to become better. But on the, mm-hmm. on the other side, Denzel Menzel is not getting any reps. So how is he going to get better? You know? Yeah. So you, 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 yep. you, you say for one player, but then for the next player, you're saying, mm-hmm. well, he doesn't know the playbook. He doesn't know all the plays. But then you're going to say, well, you know, Ashton Davis needs to be on the field because this is how, you know, you're going to learn. So yeah. it's like contradicting yourself when you, when you say it about one player versus the next. So no, I don't understand what's and, going and I, on with this team, honestly. Yeah, no, and I hear you, Colin. I, I'm right there with you as far as the the usage of certain players. And I I went back and forth. I think it was with CT about this. Is that our the, you know Mike Lafleur needs to figure out his usage with players. He does. There's no reason that Denzel Mims should not be on that field, getting snaps, going out there and making plays for us. Because every time we put him on the field, he does just that. He makes plays. I also think that he could do a better job of getting Elijah Moore the ball. You know, this is a kid that, again, I was told was going to be unbelievable here, and I just don't feel like we're doing enough to make sure that we can get the ball in the hands of this kid. And I, talk, I tell people all the time, you look at the Andy Reeds, you look at the, you know, Sean Paytons, you look at a lot of these innovative offensive minds around the league, and they come in with guys that you know are going to get the football. You know it. Still are able to draw up, scheme up plays to make sure that they get them going early, that they get them, you know, juiced up early so that, guess what, they can make an impact within the game. And I think Michael LaFleur needs to do that. I really, really do. So yeah, I hear your and, take and, there. And what, yeah. Wasn't that the whole excitement that, you know, with the West Coast offense, you know, we, mm-hmm. we were going to be putting up points, you know, like crazy. Yeah. I mean, what are, what are we doing? We're not – we're not doing anything. We're not even putting up any points. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. No. Uh, you know, the one thing I understand is, you know, you got a rookie head coach. All these guys are are rookies. There's no really experience at any position, really. You know, C.J. Mosley is probably the only experienced player right now, right, on the team. So, it's it's. I I I always find it interesting that every week. You know, Jets fans are like, yeah, we're going to beat the Falcons 35-20. We're going to beat this team. The Tennessee game, we didn't beat that team. That team beat themselves. Yeah. We we won because they missed the field goal in overtime. We it, So, for me, that was just like we, we, we bite the bullet on that one because that field goal was made, you know. So... Yeah, um, but at the, at the same time, you got to understand that we put ourselves in the positions to win that game, though. There was a lot of back and forth, and yes, the offense, you know, could have been a little bit faster going, getting going early, but still, you know, we put it together. Even though they did kick that field goal and they took and they, you know, they missed and we took the game, we put ourselves in position to be there to win that game. So I'm a guy that's always saying, "Hey, you win, you win; you lose, you lose." And we took a win, so I'm going to take it. Especially when you look at a young team that again is is in that rebuild and trying to find their way. So, listen, oh, Colin, definitely. I want to thank you, you take, for all take any win. <laughs> Absolutely, absolutely. I want to thank you for calling in to my, tonight, my friend. The lines are hot. i got to get back to them. You have yourself a good night, all right? All right, Jeff. Take care. All right, you have a good one. Listen, Colin calling in, and I understand the takes, man. I understand the takes. There's some Jets fans. Again, we're talking about, you know, looking at the team. We're talking about, you know, what the team is bringing here. We're talking about evaluation of this football team. There's a lot to discuss, a lot to discuss. So, 
We'll keep getting to these lines again, 515-602-9639. 515-602-9639 is the number. Call in. We are taking all callers. Next, I'm going to my guy, Jacob, man. It's my guy, Jacob. My guy, Jacob's on the line, and he knows his Jets, and I can't wait to hear his take. Jacob, I want to thank you for coming on to the show tonight. Give me your thoughts about this situation with Marcus May, man. Are you a Jets fan that is looking to see the New York Jets make that trade and move on from Marcus May? Hey, what's going on, Joe? Nice to talk to you again. And I thought a lot about it because I think, obviously, he's one of our best players uh, defensively. And when you have good players defensively, you want to keep them around, obviously. But in a situation that we're in where we're obviously still a rebuilding team and we're looking for young talent, and he's likely going to ask for 12, 13, maybe even 14 million a season, and he's going to turn 40 before the start of the next season, and now about the DUI, I just don't know. Because I feel like if a team right now like the Rams or the Buccaneers were to offer up a second-round pick, I'm saying yes. Yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, in a sense, really, like, a second-round pick from the Rams or Buccaneers is really just like a super early third. But I just – I think it's too good to pass up one, especially for the situation where we're in right now where it doesn't really make sense to sign guys who are already almost 30, um, at especially a very replaceable position like safety to contract extensions mm-hmm. like that. And I love Marcus May. He's been a great leader. He's been quiet. He hasn't done what like what Jamal did and gone out and told fans of other teams, "Yeah, I'm gonna try. I'm trying to come play for you. I'm doing my best." He's been humble and he's been a great sport about all of it, and he's fought through it all for us. Um, but I think the situation just makes too much sense for us to not move on from him if the team offers up a second round pick. Yeah, I, I'm right there. I mean, I love Marcus May. I love what he brings to the table. Everyone knows I'm a huge Marcus May guy, but this this stuff with the agents, the stuff, you know, constantly asking to move, you know, be moved on from. It's like, okay, at this point, if we can get a second rounder, I'm ready to move on from it, especially again with that, with the arrest, you know, swirling around his head, who knows how much time he may miss in the future. You know, I'm ready to get on. But my my next question for you is, and we've been talking about this all night, moving on from Marcus May now, if the Jets do move on from Marcus May or whatever happens to him in the future, right? How much more pressure does that put on Ashton Davis to progress and get better? Because if Marcus May ends up being gone and then Ashton Davis doesn't pan, our safety position is looking like a mess, isn't it? For sure. I think we really can't ask too much out of Ashton Davis quite yet because he's obviously coming off an injury and he was a third-round pick just a year ago, so he's still very, very inexperienced. But I think we'd definitely like to see him step it up a little bit. Um, I don't, do I think he's going to be like a, you know, Cam Chancellor just because that's what he's known for really is just being a really hard hitter. But do I think he's going to be mm-hmm. like a, going to be all around the field and just, you can't take your eye off him? No, because that's not, you know, that's not realistic, but I think if we can get solid production out of him and just, you know, really cleaning up the missed tackles and just getting solid and next year we go out there and in the third or fourth round, get another guy to go along with him, um, then I would be just fine with that. But there's definitely a little bit of pressure on him because while safety is a replaceable position, you don't want to have nobody back there because if you go to play like the Tyree Kills of the world, you're screwed. Yeah. 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 I think we just need solid production out of him, really. Nothing elite, just above average. Yeah. Yeah. Now, 
you know, just going into a bye week, we're talking team evaluation, we're looking at the squad, and we're saying, all right, you know, after this week, we want to see the team really come out and compete hard. But up until this point, what, is your been, what has been your assessment of Sulla and the rest of the coaching staff? What are some of the positives you've seen? What are some of the things they need to change? Yeah, that's a good question. I think defensively I've been a lot happier with our coaching than offensively. I think most of us would agree with that. Jeff Ulbricht's done a great job. Robert Thal has done a great job working with him. And then offensively, Michael Floyer, we're not too sure on some of the things he's been doing. He's made some questionable calls, um, and the offense has, you know, struggled from it and taken a big hit because of it. Um, but, I mean, the game against the Tennessee Titans is definitely the argument, argument you can make towards saying don't give up on Michael LaFleur just, uh, you know, just yet because games like the Tennessee Titan game happen, and the offense looks competent, like really competent. And so that was definitely the one biggest bright side on offense. Um, defensively against the Falcons, I wasn't very happy with how they played in the first half. Second half, they cleaned it up a little bit, but in the first half, they were really, really terrible, in my opinion, at least. Um, but if you want to look at it in terms of, you know, additions that we've made, obviously si- signing John Franklin Myers to a contract extension is pretty big because it signifies the change of us going from every little piece of value that we have, we're just going to ship it off for draft picks into the now stage of we're starting to see this team come together. So if we have valuable players, we're going to re-sign them. And obviously Marcus may be the exception to that. But, you know, picking up Quincy Williams, hopefully we can re-sign him too because he's been phenomenal. Um, But I guess definitely the biggest downside and the biggest thing I want to see changed immediately is adding Elijah Moore and Denzel Mins into that offense. Because the argument mm-hmm. they made is that, you know, we haven't had enough offensive plays, so we haven't been able to get them on the field. Well, with the offensive plays you have, put them on the field and then see what happens. <laughs> so it's like they, they, they say these things like expecting, oh, okay, we get it, we get it, we understand. Yeah, we're looking forward to watching you guys in the future, and hopefully this thing can work out. No, yeah. you don't think like that. Get them involved in the <laughs> offense. Please. Maybe. Maybe you have yeah. more offensive players if you were able to put guys on the on the field that That's could constantly move the game. <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy. So sticking with the offensive side of the ball, Jacob, what is your evaluation of Zach Wilson at this point? You know, there's a lot of Jets fans, some that want to, you know, immediately, they're already talking about getting rid of him, some that are remaining patient. What do you think he's looked like up until this point, or what do you think is the biggest hole in his game as of now? Um, that's another question where there's going to be multiple parts to it because I think overall, I think he's been, you know, below average, but you can't expect too much out of your rookie quarterbacks because not many of them are going to have like Mark Sanchez rookie seasons where they're going to the AFC championship game and just blowing past all expectations. And I think it's very normal for what he's doing right now to happen to a rookie quarterback. They're very turnover prone in the beginning because they don't see stuff like elite NFL quarterbacks do quite yet. So the biggest flaw to his game right now is definitely turning over the ball um, without a doubt. Either that or, you know, trying to make too many highlight plays and not doing the simple stuff correctly. Those are the two things that he really needs to get better at. Um, is knowing when to take that deep shot downfield. Because we all love watching him take those shots downfield, and nobody doubts that he has, you know, a cannon of an arm. But he's really got to be able to do the simple stuff too. And that was 
beyond clear in the game against the Falcons because he missed time and time again screen passes that could have set us up right at the one-yard line, way down the field, you know, and uh, great situations to put up more points on the board. So those are the biggest downsides. But if you look at upsides, obviously the cannon of an arm he has and the ability to just make perfect throws down the field on the run, um, outside the pocket, and just drop dimes way down the field and sometimes in the end zone like we saw with Corey Davis. And I think he's definitely starting to become a little bit more comfortable and form those connections and sort of develop the chemistry with the wide receivers. And I think that'll Mm -hmm. get better over time too. And hopefully we can see that start to develop a little bit more with Elijah Moore because throughout all the training camp, we heard nothing but he's just elite already. He's just, nobody can guard him. It seems like the chemistry is there already. He should be just torching defenses um, when it comes to the regular season. We haven't really seen that yet. So hopefully that will get better too. But I'm, I can't yeah. complain too much about what we've seen from him too far because it's not like we have the Chiefs offense. Our offense is still below average. The offensive line needs a new right guard and a new center probably. And so next year is really when you got to start evaluating it because it's, it's not necessarily fair to start evaluating it quite yet. Yeah, yeah. But listen, Jacob, you brought the heat, man. Let's give Jacob a hand, man, studio audience. Let's give him a hand because he brought the heat. He brought the heat. A lot of insight with his take. Listen, Jacob, this was a phenomenal call from you, my friend. I got to get back to these lines. I want to thank you for calling in. You have yourself a good night, all right? I appreciate it. You too. Absolutely. You have a good one. Listen, Jacob called in with the heat. And I ain't knocking it. Again, 515-602-9639. 515-602-9639 is the number. Call in. We're going to take one last caller. Salutes to all the callers tonight. This has been a phenomenal show. 646, I'm coming directly to you. 646, you look like a new caller. Give me your name, where you're from. Watch your background, mind your background, background noise, kind of pour it out a little bit. Give me your name, where you're from, and uh, give me your thoughts on this situation with Marcus May. It's just a new perfect Uh, Is it me? Yes, yes, 646, this is you. Oh, okay, yes, Mark. So I'm actually going to go by my YouTube name. Uh, uh, I go by the Truth Be Told. I think I commented on okay, the videos a few times. Mm-hmm. Okay, good, good, to, good to hear from you, my friend. No, oh, thank you, thank you. I've been trying, I was trying to call last week, but uh, yeah, somebody said uh, something I wanted to say, so I kind of ended ended my chance. But I kind of want to vent a little bit today with you. But uh, yeah, we just started with the Marcus May situation. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that you know, here's the thing. Like, I'm all about. I'm all like pro players and I and I, I I would be more pro team but the Jets have shown year in and year out that they can't we as fans we can't even be pro team towards them towards the organization anymore. You know what I'm saying? So when every time a player comes up and it's time to pay them, they don't want to do it. And that, that's just the, the truth of the matter. It's been like that since Keyshawn Johnson as I, as as far as I can go, you know? And you know, I understand Keyshawn Johnson has that type of personality that is kind of cancerous, but the fact is, like, he got drafted in 96, and we already got rid of him by, what, 2000? You know, so it's, it's just, like, on cue. Every time that rookie deal comes up, 
they don't want to pay. Remember, they didn't really want to pay Muhammad Wilkerson either, even though he was pulling, you know, 10, 14 sacks a year. They, they, you know, Rex Ryan had the bat for him and say he was the best defensive lineman in the game, you know, f- to get recognized. And they, they literally bashed Rex Ryan for that, the organization, said don't say that. He even said this in the press conference. I mean, I can't pull it up, obviously, but that's what I recall him saying. So Marcus May, you know, he should just be happy that, you know, he's going to get his chance somewhere else. You know, um, we should just trade him because this is the right thing to do at this point. Because if you're not going to pay them, then trade them. Get something for them. And I don't know what they're trying to do. Like, every year, it just seems like every time a draft pick needs to come up. I, I don't know. It just seems weird that we give all these players up, you know, and we don't even really give them a shot. But I want to talk about the organization real quick because, you know, I feel like, you know, they're not – you know, I, I was not a big fan of hiring Joe Douglas because of the fact who vouched for Joe Douglas, right? Who got Joe Douglas in the building? Do you know? Yeah, it was Adam Gaze. Adam, him, him, it him, was Adam Gaze. It Adam, and it, it, it was. Right. It was Gaze. Adam Gaze. Uh, the Johnson brothers mm-hmm. signed off on it as well, but he came in highly reputable mm-hmm. too because Dalton was coming yeah, in right. with that the Eagles. They had just want to want to won a uh, a Super Bowl and he's also known as a mm-hmm. as a you know a great scout around the league. No, I'm not I'm not I'm not knocking that. And I and, and me personally I don't know that. You know, and I'm not gonna go by you know, word of mouth of the league because a lot of these leagues get their friends, their families. No one really gets a job anymore based on their qualifications. So I don't know that. You know, I'm going by what he's done so far. I'm not saying I hate it. You know, but he's made some questionable rapids that everybody's just like, oh Whatever, you know, like already quarterback is already gone. Our safety doesn't look very good that he drafted, you know, and Denzel Mims. <laughs> anyway, so when it came to the hiring process, right, for the coaches, remember, we skipped on two really, like, key matchups this year, right? Arthur Smith, right? He, I think he came into the building for an interview. He got let go, right? And then you had Matt Rule last year, who, in my opinion – Exposed the Jets' defense since week one, and every team has pretty much been passing to the running back and just abusing us with the running back since week one. You know, so he, this is like, when everybody was like, hey, this is Dan Darnold and, and uh, you know, Wilson. And, who, I, I don't know how everybody didn't look at the head coach. The head coach was the biggest story, in my opinion. He came in and wanted to bring his people, and the organization said, no, we want to hire, like, you have a good track record of hiring. <laughs> So it's just it's just a it just seems like a lot of things is questionable. We're, we we got a new head coach, which listen, I think listen. he's actually not yeah. doing too bad. Yeah. Yeah. No. Listen. Listen. And I and I hear your truth, and I and I have to let you go in a second because you know it's a little bit later on the show. But again, I want to thank you for calling in. Listen, I hear you, and and I, I don't think that Joe Douglas is questionable. Another, we we've seen him be able to make moves right that have really bettered this football team. We've seen him be able to trade a guy like Jamal Adams, get two first-rounders. You also got to look at what he was coming in after as well when you look at the situation with Mike McCagnin. He had to clean up a lot of the things that was going on there, and now he's trying to start that rebuild. I mean, look at some of the players that he's been able to bring in. You know, Makai Becton looks phenomenal. Yes, he's hurt right now, but we're going to get him back. He looks good. We'll see what happens with Denzel Mims once they start roking him more into the rotation. I mean, look, he got Bryce Hall late in the draft, and that guy looks like he's going to be a number one corner for us. 
So things are, are looking up. Again, you look at this class, we're already seeing guys kind of pop out. Uh, Vera Tucker's looking solid. We're seeing Zach Wilson really start to get himself under as well. So some of these guys are really putting things together. And I think that, again, if we just give Joe Douglas some time, more time, and again, He's not, you know, without blame. There are some instances where he can get better. But I think with the capital that that we have going forward and some of the things that, you know, that we have, especially the draft picks, money, all those things, you know, I think he'll definitely, you know, be able to do more in the in the future. You know, Truth? Oh, I think we lost him. Truth, I think we lost you, man. Uh, I think we lost you. <laughs> Sorry, uh, your, your phone kind of went out there. But hopefully we hear from you again in, in the future, man, because I really liked hearing your takes there. But we lost you at the end. I think your phone went out. But, you know, Truth brought up some great points as well. There's some lot of, a lot of other people, too, uh, that has questioned Joe Douglas. And, uh, again, I don't think he's without blame or without fault, but I think we need to also start to look at where we're going. We're in a rebuild mode. This is an evaluation year for us. And I think that, uh, you know, we're seeing what happens going forward. Could there be some better spots that we could pick, some guys that he's going to be able to bring in next season to really address some needs here? Absolutely. You look at the offensive line, right guard's a question mark. I think he'll go after another pass rusher. I think you'll see him probably go after maybe another wide receiver. Maybe he adds one to the fold, depending on what happens to Jamison Crowder. There's a lot in the mix. But I think that we've got some building blocks. We just need to continue to coach it up and see what they can give us. So, Man, this has been quite a show. I want to thank everybody for calling in. The callers were phenomenal tonight. Time is tight. We got to get rolling. (laughs) This has been quite a show. There was a lot of takes on here. So let me go ahead and close out the show. Listen, I am the man of the people. I'm here for the people. Let me shamefully promote my Facebook page. Everyone go on Facebook, search The Long Beach Joe Show. Like that page. My content's up there. Go ahead and give it a listen. Message me. I'll message you right back. I love going back and forth with folks about this football team. Also, leave me some feedback. I love hearing about what you folks think I do here on The Long Beach Joe Show. I'm also on Twitter as well at YoungJ000. Again, YoungJ000. Go ahead. Go on Twitter. Give me a follow. I'll follow you right back. You want to troll me? No issues. I am the troll that lives under the bridge, and I will troll you right back, all right, with my Vera Tucker jersey on at all times. Vera Tucker, another, you know, Joe Douglas pick that's panned out. I'm also on YouTube as well at Long Beach Joe Jets. Long Beach Joe Jets on YouTube. Please go there, Long Beach Joe Jets. Subscribe to that page, okay? Also turn on your notification bar so when I – also click the notification bell, excuse me, so that when I post content, you folks will be in the know. And if you want to troll me in the the comments, no issues. I'll troll you right back on there. And as always, people, when you see me in person, it is arms out, chest open, free hugs for everyone, okay? Free hugs for everyone. They will cost you absolutely nothing. No matter what anyone tells you, the hugs will always remain free, all right? I want to thank you folks for taking Listen and call into the show. Without you people, I am absolutely nothing. Thank you for taking the times out to call in and listen to the show. You folks are the absolute best. And, again, I'm wearing pink. I'm all about, uh, you know, breast cancer awareness and fighting against breast cancer. I want to thank Alina Clavel for coming on tonight and sharing her story with us. Again, please support my fundraisers for the Suji G. Coleman Foundation. We are fighting breast cancer, all right? So you folks have a good one. Peace.